This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Godzilla versus Kong. Let me get my sea ticket, my air ticket, also my hollow earth ticket. Don't forget your passport. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is unfortunately not here. He had to work. He's he's, run, he's working overtime. He's working hard. I look forward to having him back next week, because I really want to hear his thoughts on this film as well. But regardless, Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss newbies, new movies weekly. We dig into movies via most of review, the occasional commentary track, or some, some other fun movie topic. This is episode 446. 446. We, we are going. And uh, this week we are talking Godzilla versus Kong, the fourth entry in the, the Legendary's Monsterverse. I am very excited about this, uh, as listeners may know, and I feel like I have a good lineup of guests here to, to help harness this excitement and turn it into a somewhat listenable review uh, that won't just be me explaining how excited I was to see this movie. Um, but with that said, let's get to our guests. Joining us for this episode of Talking Godzilla vs. Kong, we have from Nerd Reactor, He's on an all-out attack. It's Mark Paces. Hey, how's it going, man? Pretty good. Also joining us, author of the ongoing book series, Who Won? An Irreverent Look at the Oscars, one of the horrors of the deep. It's Robert James. Yeah, I feel like I should be in an apex predator call right now, but I won't. <laughs> and lastly joining us, creator of the YouTube channel, The Real Mr. Robinson, rating again, it's Alexander Robinson. Hey, hey. Hello, everyone. Ha- happy to have you all here. Uh, good, good to have you on the show. How, how are you all doing this evening? Great. I'm pretty good myself. Yeah. Good. Yeah, very good. Good to hear it. Uh, so, Alex, it is your first time on this show, and we're glad to have you here. How wh- how are you feeling? You feeling good? You feeling ready to talk about this movie? Uh, well, the last three uh, days have been awesome. I'm ready to talk about this movie. I am half vaccinated. I am good to go. Good. And, uh, Mark, glad to have you back here as always as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. For sure. Very excited to talk about this. And uh, Robert, I'm I'm very happy to have you here as well to have your perspective because you were on with us to talk the first Godzilla film in this MonsterVerse back in 2014. I do remember that. So uh, I, I I am glad to have you back once again here for at least the culmination of this franchise as of now. So well, uh, we're we're gonna get all into those thoughts as well. But first up, let's do some uh, let's do some show notes. Uh, first up, uh, commentary tracks. It is now April. By the way, happy Easter and happy Passover for everyone celebrating. It's the end of Passover, but the, I guess the end of, it's the end of both. It's Sunday night. What, what does it matter? Uh, but yeah, just saying, throwing <laughs> that out there for everybody. I hope everyone had a happy holiday. Uh, I watched Ten Commandments myself on 4K. It looked amazing. But um, Oh, yeah, it did. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Super short, too. Really lean. Great, great, great movie. <laughs> Super short. <laughs> But a new commentary track. It is April, as I mentioned. That means we'll have a new commentary track this month. As you've, as listeners may know, we've been doing the Hannibal Lecter films for the past few months here. Uh, so this, so we, we've already done Manhunter. Then we did Silence of the Lambs. And then we did, of course, Hannibal. So this month, naturally, we're doing Brett Ratner's Red Dragon. Uh, so get ready for hear our opinions on the the remake of Manhunter, essentially, which is uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun track that we're going to record sometime very soon, and that'll be out. But you can, of course, find all those commentaries and all our episodes over on iTunes. 
you can search our show out now with Aaron and Abe. And once you're there, you can you can find all our ridiculous episodes. And you can give us a rating and review, which would be awesome. Uh, pump us up in the old iTunes charts. So feel free to uh, you know drop us uh, drop us some words and some stars. Okay, I think that's all the show notes here. So let's uh, let's move on. Let's get to let's get to some out now quickies. DM. Each week now we have my movie to talk about quickies. It's fun anytime I do that. Even when Abe's not here, I still have fun saying it is that fast, especially for when new people are on, because they're just like, "What's happening?" And I'm, I'm going to tell you. We're going <laughs> to we're going to go into it right now. Uh, Mark, let's start with you. What other new movies have you seen? What other recent movies have you seen? Oh, recent movies. What movies have um, you seen recently? Let me phrase that that way. <laughs> I have caught up with uh, the MonsterVerse movies just to prep myself for Godzilla vs Kong. Um, also, rewatch Space Jam for you know reasons. And <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. How's, how's Space been, Jam uh, go? Have you been a lifelong Space Jam fan? Yes, I even am looking at my Toon Squad jersey as I speak. So yes, I've been a lifelong fan of uh, the series. Well, not series, but the movie. Just because, you know, I was a kid when I saw it. Michael Jordan is a hero of mine. So, yeah. Well, I think at this point you can call it a series. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. We're not not talking about that trailer this week. So I'm going to ask you a quick yes or no. You watched the trailer for Space Jam, A New Legacy. Yes or no? Yes, I have. Are, Are you yay or nay? Uh... Yay now. Okay. I was skeptical at first and I'm a Laker fan, so I, you know, love LeBron James, but I was kind of iffy about him choosing Space Jam as his first project with uh his new Spring Hill Entertainment company, but seeing it and how it's, you know, different from how the original Space Jam is and how it feels more like, you know, Ready Player 1, I'm all in. So I'm ready. I'm ready for that Space Jam. Guys, you all heard me say to Mark that I'm only going to give him yay or day, and that's it, right? And then he proceeded <laughs> to go on anyway. <laughs> hey, once you start me, I just can't stop. It's, I just That's just how I am, man. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. You should have known this. This is how not my first time on the show, man. You should have known this by now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just having fun, but no, glad you're glad you have glad you have thoughts on this thing that we're going to not talk about this week in full. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. You can say this. You can say this snippet for next week, or I might do that. What if I do, do that? What if I just take this audio out, and just randomly insert it <laughs> next week's show to talk about Space Jam: New Legacy? <laughs> anyway, Robert, how about you? What have you? I know you're always watching stuff to to prepare for the various uh, not you know entries in your your novel series. What uh, what, what have you been watching? Well, I'm still trying to finish book five, so I've been watching some 1981 stuff. I did finally manage to see Gallipoli for the first time and uh, Tim. So I had a little, uh, you know, Australian festival. And uh, Gallipoli is a hell of a lot better than Tim is. But I also managed to drag myself through the first 30 minutes of the Snyder Cut of Justice League. And uh, good God, if anything gets more slow and ponderous and boring i don't know what will happen the next three and a half hours <laughs> i will say this uh, it picks up because i don't disagree with you it's a slow start but it uh, it picks yeah. up in those other chapters well you know <laughs> when you start with a fatal misconception of your characters to begin with particularly superman it's hard to continue that way but i'm going to finish <laughs> watching it somehow somewhere it's a great way to fall asleep but um <laughs> i also went back and watched uh the first two Godzilla legendary movies and, and then watched uh, our, our movie for this evening. So I, I feel prepared to talk about those as well. 
Everyone's treating this like a homework assignment this week. I'm excited. I'm well, so I am a teacher. <laughs> I am a teacher, so that's just part of my makeup. Fair I, I come prepared. Good. I, I'd have to kick you off the show like I'm just about ready to do with Mark after that Space Jam debacle. I, just, I, was gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am looking forward to seeing that one, having grown up watching Looney Tunes, and I own all of the, the classic you know, Looney Tunes on, on DVD. God help me if that's not dating me these days, owning DVDs, but... Uh, I, I am looking forward to seeing that one with or without Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> that's, that's a whole other controversial episode of Out Now there today to talk about the Pepe Le Pew debacle. But, um, no, good. I, I, I'm glad there's excitement there. Because why not? Why not be excited about a movie made for children? But, you know, some people are really <laughs> have, have real strong opinions about this. But regardless, uh, Alex, how about you? What have you seen recently? Well, like Mark and Robert, I uh, have been catching up with the MonsterVerse movies, but I also worked in the original King Kong, Godzilla, and King Kong vs. Godzilla. Uh, I watched the original Mortal Kombat for the first time. You hadn't seen Mortal Kombat before? No, I have not seen oh. any of them. Um, hey, Aaron, yeah. I've never seen Mortal Kombat, so there you go. Okay, so I'm one step ahead. There you go. I'm just going to, in my surprise jar, <laughs> there's not many, there's not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to add that one for you, Robert. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so you, you saw Mortal Kombat for the first time. I, yeah. As, as people on this podcast know, I, for some reason, get very passionate about saying that Mortal Kombat is pretty much the best of these movies. That's it. There's only a handful of good video game movies. You, you can pretty much count them on one hand. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I think you can count them on one finger, but that's <laughs> <leave> it <laughs> I mean, for me, for me, I count, I count three good ones, honestly. What, like Rampage. Uh, Ra- Rampage, Mortal Kombat, and Detective Pikachu. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. People like yeah. to argue for like Silent Hill. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah, sure, it has nice production design. It's also like two hours and change. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't like Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, I enjoyed Sonic. Okay, so you watch Mortal. So, are you gonna eventually watch uh, Annihilation to be <laughs> at up? some point? Oh. Um, I like, I, I've, I've just at this point, I've prepped myself for how terrible that is. So I'm like, all right, just bring it on, bring it on. I'll take it. How bad could it be? You can prep yourself all you want. It's still going to surprise you how bad it is. Oh, boy. It is quick-paced. <laughs> it has that going for it. It moves. It's a movie that moves. Yeah. So does a bowel movement. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, I've seen a couple of things this week. I watched Bad Trip on Netflix, uh, the Eric Andre hidden camera prank film, I guess is the best way to describe it. It's... people hearing this already know what it is pretty much, but it's basically like, what if Jackass, but it had a narrative, which so it makes it more in line with like Bad Grandpa. I will say this, it's very funny. Not necessarily surprisingly so, but surprising in how it's funny, where if you like this kind of humor, as far as like people, you know, doing things in public that just get a lot of attention and are like awkward or what have you, um, there's a lot of that. But the way it conceives its narrative, while nothing new, it just feels very inventive in how they string this thing together and how the people that are involved in the various, like, hitting camera stunts, like, react. Where I think if, if Borat, you know, if that, that if that film, like, not necessarily the intention, but the result was you're seeing a certain side of America that reveals certain attitudes or what have you, what I like about Bad Trip is that it's never mean. Like, everything that happens, the jokes are always on Eric Andre or Lil Ral Howery, who are playing, you know, best friends. 
but the people involved are generally trying to be cooperative and supportive, which gave it this strange amount of heart in this, you know, otherwise ridiculous prank movie. So I, uh, you know, I, I was already like just looking to like laugh a bit, and I got more out of it than I expected to. So I was, I was, I quite enjoyed it. I'm surprised that MGM just kind of sold it off to Netflix, and Netflix just kind of dumped it because I think like they have something pretty good on their hands, and given the reviews, they're pretty strong. So I don't know. But uh, mm. so there's that. Uh, I also note I watched Shin Godzilla again. Um, yes. Both because it rules and because I am a guest on this week's uh, Brandon Peters show. Brandon Peters, friend of the podcast, of course, and we talked about Shin Godzilla. Um, so uh, you can hear more about my thoughts on what is easily one of <laughs> the best Godzilla films out there. Uh, you can hear a lot of my thoughts on that on the, the Brandon Peters show, uh, which is we, of course, are fans of on this podcast. Um, all right. So that's not a quickies. Yeah, let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk. This is where we talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week, what we thought of it, when it's coming out, and what have you. And we're not talking about Space Jam A New Legacy, of course. We are talking about The Suicide Squad, the, I guess, sequel or new version of this particular super group that involves some of the same actors, but not all of them. But it's still set in this universe. This time it's written and directed by James Gunn. Uh, we've dropped a Will Smith. We've gained an Idris Elba. And we have a bunch of other colorful characters. Um, that include killer, <laughs> um, uh, killer is a killer shark, killer shark, right? King, King, shark. King shark, King shark. I'm thinking killer croc. Uh, King, yeah. King shark and uh, and uh, polka dot man and all all these other people. Weasel, Weasel, uh, the think the thinker. Um, yeah, uh, 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 was it peacemaker? Right. Uh, so we got we got a bunch yeah. of people. We got a bunch of people. New cast members, what have you? James Gunn's involved this time around. Let's 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 start with uh, Mark. Uh, where are you with like this trailer, let alone the first Suicide Squad? Uh, I think this is a massive, massive upgrade over the original already. Um, the cast of characters is a lot more like cohesive, and you know they actually seem like they're having fun on this movie as opposed to the other one which seems more like dry and dreary and much more gritty this one seems like a fun movie especially the king shark scenes like you know those ones made you laugh made a lot of people laugh and it also seems like it has a lot of heart to it too i mean james gunn is known for his cast of characters and you know knowing how to fit them all together so I think this is going to be a massive, massive upgrade for Warner Brothers to, uh, you know, jump upon. So, yeah, it's a uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. All right. Uh, Robert, how about you? Are you are you have you are you familiar with like the Joss, the John Ostrander like comic series? Did you read Suicide Squad? You know, I, I remember looking at a couple of issues, but I think it was out about the time that I had decided to stop reading comic books mm -hmm. for a while. And I was always a Marvel guy to begin with except for Superman and Batman and an occasional series, you know, usually just following the artist. But I remember the basic conceit and being able to toss a lot of odd characters into the mix. I, I did not see the first film because it seemed like the worst of the DC verse, which wasn't exactly uh, setting a very bar high bar for the most part. It's, it's been notoriously awful compared to the Marvel movies, as opposed to DC animation, which is far superior than the, the Marvel animation. But I thought the, 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 trailer was amusing it took the time i went and looked up and who was in it and uh i hadn't realized that sylvester stallone is doing king shark's voice mm -hmm. 
uh, which is a nice little touch. He's, it, it seems to have a lot of the humor. And it, it looked, it's James Gunn. I wanted to give James Gunn a shake, so I actually probably will see that one. I'm not super excited about it. It kind of feels like they're trying to grab Deadpool's territory. <clears throat> particularly the last Deadpool, which had all the extra characters in it from the Marvel Universe. But uh, it, it looks like it's going to be the kind of thing that might actually start to pull along with, you know, the first Wonder Woman film and the Aquaman film, maybe they're going to be able to start pulling the DC-verse a little bit better together. All right. How about you, Alex? Where are you thinking with the with the Suicide Squad? Well, I uh, was one of the few people that when the trailers for Suicide Squad, the first one, were coming out, I was one of the few people that was not on board with it because everyone was talking about, wow, this looks amazing. This is going to be one of the best comic book movies of the year. I didn't buy into it. And sure enough, oh, look, I was right. It wasn't good. This Even, uh, even after the people that made that amazing trailer edited that movie together, no less. <laughs> exactly. Uh, sometimes you can just recognize a turd a mile away. Uh, this one was the complete opposite. Uh, I was totally on board with um, them pushing that rated R level. I know it's like this movie, in terms of its R rating, owes a lot to Deadpool, but it's kind of more in line with Birds of Prey, which I actually like quite a bit. So I think the cast is fantastic. Uh, Idris Elba, I think, is a massive upgrade from Will Smith. It's nice to see no Jared Leto in the movie, even though we had the unfortunate pleasure of seeing him in Justice League. Uh, I love... you'll, you'll get there, Robert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll get there. Oh, yeah, just prep yourself for that. Uh <laughs> I think uh, the inclusion of King Shark is fantastic because I'm a huge fan of the Harley Quinn animated series. And the fact that it's uh, Sylvester Stallone doing the voice is just even better. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm fully on board with this. I love the tone. I love how it's just going all out with um, the rated R aspect. I'm completely on board with the fact that they've got a kaiju up in this shit with um, <laughs> Starro. Yeah, this looks like something I dig completely. Yeah, I um I'm on board uh, the same as you guys. I think the first Suicide Squad was one of the worst films of the last decade. So the fact that we're doing anything that's over that is already a win. But I do think James Gunn's specialty of, I guess, making superhero movies about damaged people is continuing to pay off, at least from the looks of things so far. Um, because I yeah I'm all in for this ensemble Dirty Dozen superhero movie. Like cool that that sounds fun already and yeah this cast looks like they're having a blast it just and it's like it's not as though david ayer didn't doesn't have like a sense of his own style regardless of how much you like it but it does feel like watching this trailer it's like this is what happens when you hire a real director like that's kind of the takeaway that i got from just the look of this thing off the bat off the bat so i mean i have little doubt that it won't at the very least be entertaining but i really do hope it satisfies at a you know on a high level given all of the people involved in this thing and like what you can do with a movie that doesn't have to like play to certain conventions. I mean, I imagine it'll have a fairly typical plot, but as far as the irreverency that's going on here, just like the Deadpool films. Yeah. I, I want to see what that is with this cast and with James Gunn having a little more, what I'd imagine a little more, a little longer leash than he does when it comes to the MCU films, even though he seems to make exactly what he wants to with the guardians movies as well. Um, so if this is like a, as we all know, he was, you know, when he was temporarily fired off Guardians and then, he, then WB kind of snatched him up. And it's like, what if you did Suicide Squad? And he took it on. It's like, I, I want to see what this is going to look like. <laughs> now he has the chance to be like, yeah, all right, let's 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 play in this universe for a while. So, 
yeah. I'm also excited about Starro, which is an old Justice League early 60s villain who was always kind of goofy with his. But the original Starro uses little tiny starfish over people's faces to control them. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. But he was always a goofy, goofy villain. This looks like a goofy, goofy movie. So I feel like that, uh, yeah, that, that tracks. Was. Match made in heaven. <laughs> if yeah. I didn't the now I'm trying to remember the first Suicide Squad, but didn't whatever the villain was like suck people's faces off or like weren't they all like oh no face? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. She did. It's like she did a weird belly dance, and her brother was the one that was consuming um people. But weren't like, like all it, the people they were fighting? Didn't they have like no face? Like wasn't that the thing? I guess I I, I barely remember that. I, yeah, I, the, the only thing. <laughs> The only thing I remember from Suicide Squad is that it didn't make me angry the way Batman vs. Superman did. <laughs> so that that that's one instance where I will give that movie credit. All right. <laughs> yeah, because when was the last time any of us actually saw the first Suicide Squad? I think it was, well, for it, me, it was it, when it came be, out. It began and ended out. with that theatrical press screening. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> yeah, Exactly. And I've successfully avoided it all these years, so there you go. Yeah, I mean, you, if anything, you won already. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. What do I win? Well, you get to, f- I mean, you you won this tier, so now you get to graduate to going against Godzilla versus Kong, so it's going to be a difficult oh. road, but, you know. No, what you got is two hours of your life. <laughs> yeah, he gets to use those oh, to train me. for his fight I against Godzilla versus Kong. So many other movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the sorry, the Suicide Squad opens in theaters August sixth, both in theaters and on HBO Max. So, uh, be ready for one of those two ways to watch that film. Okay, we did it, guys. We made it past all that, so now we can get to the main event. Our review for Godzilla versus Kong. We need Kong. The world needs him to stop what's coming. And this child. She's the only one he'll communicate with. I knew that they had a bond. She had nowhere to go, so I made a promise to protect her. And I think that in some way, Kong did the same. All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong. When Legendary first began the MonsterVerse, with help from Godzilla vs. Hedorah director Yoshimitsu Bano, 2014's Godzilla was made with a certain goal in mind. 2017's Kong Skull Island, Kong Colon Skull Island, more or less sealed that deal with hints of an eventual match between the protector of Skull Island and the king of the monsters. Now we have the Mega vs. movie, which pits Godzilla against Kong. I could get into the plot, but to keep it simple, Godzilla is not content with another alpha predator being around and will take any opportunity to take down Kong. Meanwhile, Kong is being used as a guide of sorts to enter the Hollow Earth, where these titans may have come from. However, leave it to a shady corporation to create an even bigger problem, which will be at least partially responsible for some huge-scale fights. So, we're here with Godzilla vs. Kong. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with Alex. Where have you been with the Monsterverse? And, and so with some brief thoughts, what did you think of Godzilla vs. Kong? 
I liked it a lot. Uh, I've been pretty on board with most of them, with, well, most, all the MonsterVerse films, um, but they're never perfect. Uh, my favorite still to this point is the 2014 Godzilla, but I admit that killing off Brian Cranston at the beginning of the movie was a terrible idea. Um, I don't think Godzilla King of the Monsters is as bad as people make it out to be, especially considering that Godzilla fans had to see two terrible anime movies beforehand. Kong Skull Island was a lot of fun, and this um, definitely kicked a lot of ass. To be able to see both Godzilla and Kong fight each other after 59 years with better special effects and a less silly plot is something that I never thought could happen, and the movie delivered on everything that I wanted to see from a big-budget rematch between these two. It was awesome. Okay. Let's go to Mark next. Mark, where have you been with the, the MonsterVerse, and where are you with this film? Like Alex, like I love pretty much all of the legendary MonsterVerse movies, especially you know the last two films, Kong, Skull Island. I love Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I really love just because seeing all you know the Godzilla-verse uh, monsters fight against each other with updated graphics is pretty special. And seeing for, you know, this one, Godzilla versus Kong, it, man, that movie just blew my mind. It basically was everything that I wanted in a monster versus movie and more. Because even though, you know, I love Godzilla, I'm kind of Team Kong here. I'm probably the only person here that's Team Kong. Don't speak so fast. Hey, I got one. See, I thought it was outnumbered here, but yeah, there's there's a lot of Team Godzilla people out there, man. I loved how Kong, uh, Godzilla versus Kong felt more like Kong Skull Island 2 than a you know actual Godzilla versus Godzilla and Kong mashup. But I got to see you know how Kong is just that kind of protector of humanity that Godzilla kind of sort of wants to be, but his kind of penchants for becoming the alpha predator or alpha male or whatever you want to call it for the entire like monster monster versus, you know, kind of gets a little not really annoying, but kind of makes him seem like an a-hole. And so, you know, I kind of, gravitate towards kong in that sense but i just everything about the movie is great except for obviously the human characters but this is the kind of movie where i accepted that the human characters are not going to be great and so if i just you know watch it for the sense of just the monsters it's everything i wanted robert well i i will start off by saying i am team kong mm-hmm. team kong all the way uh yes. in these movies uh, because he's just a much more interesting character. He, he's got a lot more personality. He's got a lot more uh, facial expressions. He's, he's got a, a lot more interesting fighting styles. Uh, I mean, in almost every possible way, Kong is just a more rounded, more interesting character. Uh, and that was not true in the original King Kong versus Godzilla, because Godzilla by that point had, had kind of become this heroic figure as opposed to the first godzilla movie back in the early uh, 50s he was, I mean, he, was, he was still not not really 
Like he, in he the early 50s, Godzilla was terrifying. No, but I was saying it, yeah. it got King Kong versus Godzilla. Godzilla was still the bad guy in these movies. Was, I know. Yeah. I know. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Back in the original 60s movies, the original Godzilla versus Kong, you know, Godzilla by that point had kind of become a was becoming a beloved childhood, you know, hero. And, and the rest of the, he's always the hero after the first couple of Godzilla movies. But I, I think that my my memory of Godzilla, the first one in 2014 of, the, of this series. My my, I didn't rewatch it this week. I watched the mo- the more recent one, but I just remember thinking for a Godzilla movie, there's not much Godzilla. Then I watched Kong Skull Island, and I just thought it was fantastic. You, you've got a great set of characters. Uh, Kong is great. The '70s vibe is wonderful. You can't go wrong with Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, it was just I just thought from start to finish, it was really the only film I ever saw with King Kong that even came close to the original. But I watched Godzilla King of the Monsters yesterday and I'm like, this is a remarkably bad movie. It is badly written. The the human characters are two dimensional. If that, they're more like one dimensional. The entire plot is idiotic in the extreme. Uh, And the the fight scenes, at least on a big screen TV in my room, uh, were almost impossible to follow because it was so dark and, and shady. And maybe it was better on the, you know, it's seeing it in a movie theater. But when I went to Kong Skull, went to Godzilla versus Kong, it's like, oh my God, everything one of these movies is supposed to be. It was fun. It was exciting. You could tell what was going on most of the films. The human beings, you know, pretty much acted like human beings. There, there wasn't an idiot plot. The, the whole thing from start to finish really felt the way a '60s Godzilla movie did feel. When I was a kid watching it, I felt like it was a kid again watching this film. And that's the first time, even with Kong Skull Island, which I think is the best of all four of them, this is the first one that felt like I was watching something I would have loved when I was a kid. And I loved it as an adult. Well, that's fair. I um, I am a huge fan of this monsterverse. I've liked all of these films, but I don't disagree. I do think Kong Skull Island is my favorite of the bunch, um, though I have... I'm with Alex as far as I have a massive respect for the 2014 one because of the route it took um, from a directorial standpoint. I really like the kind of Spielbergian choices it was making as far as how to how to build up the sense of Godzilla before delivering on him. Uh, but regardless, um, having been a fan of this series, yes, I was very excited to see this movie. And not just the series, but just of Godzilla in general. And I also really like King Kong movies, at least a few of them, um, a lot. <laughs> um and it's not King Kong lives, um, but Thank so God. so um, <laughs> so seeing so you know seeing this film, which I was able to see my love with my lovely girlfriend, we got to see it at the drive-in fan premiere, um, which uh, oh nice, it was. I mean, we had a blast as far as watching this movie at a you know a big drive-in theater, the way you kind of could have seen one of these things back in the day in some capacity, like it. It just it in this respect, as far as a kind of giant movie that you'd want to see in a big screen, and especially given the current situation where you know theaters are scarce, um, even though they're reopening now, uh, it was just a blast to watch. I think it really did a great job of giving you this sense of adventure that you kind of want from this sort of movie. I do think I don't. I again, I agree with you, Robert. As far as I do think it's purposely made to be more accessible to an all ages kind of audience, and I think that comes by nature of the subject i mean it i while i have i i do like king of the monsters quite a bit for one thing but i I mean as far as those films go i do think that there's a there's a there's choices made that are like enriching the kind of mythology of the character of of godzilla 
as well as the kind of the universe and establishing things that feel more modern as far as like the Marvel universe and what have you, giving you kind of a sense of grandeur that extends beyond just the Godzilla character. This one, you could walk into this movie and not having seen the other three legendary movies and, you know, get what's going on. I, it's not complicated. Um, if anything, it's toned down a lot of the stuff that you were getting in the previous film as far as even more stuff about the Hollow Earth that they've talked about for two films in a row now and what have you. It just kind of gets you right in, uh, delivers what it needs to with very efficient plotting character stuff that, yeah, I like as far as, okay, everyone's doing their job, uh, but it's, you know, bridges to get you to the stuff that you generally want to see in a Godzilla vs. Kong movie, which is giant monsters doing stuff. And you get a good amount of that here, even with the build-up to it, where, yeah, I wouldn't expect not to have... It'd be surprising to me if the movie just started with these two fighting. So the fact that we have to, like, wait a while to get to that, it's like, yeah, naturally. Like, it's like Jurassic Park. You don't just get to the park. You gotta... Yeah. So, it's uh, you know, once we're getting all this stuff, I mean, really, after, like, the first 40 minutes, it's pretty nonstop as far as putting you into different scenarios involving these monsters and then going into different environments or what have you. And I really like how it delivers on that. I think Adam Wingard does a really good job of presenting these monsters the way he has them giving you, yeah, a lot of clarity in their fights, which I think matters be- matters based on who they are, where, if you you know, fighting fighting Kong, Kong and Godzilla fighting, they both have hands. I feel like the, the fights are just going to be different already compared to Ghidorah or the Mutos that are, like, weird other kinds of monsters. These guys that can actually wrestle with each other. So I think that makes sense why you'd want to have very clear visual distinction of what's going on and everything. Yeah, I, I'll wrap it up so we can just all keep talking about this movie. But I, I really enjoyed this. I think it was a lot of fun. I think it did a lot of a lot of good as far as what have we been building up to? Here's what we're building up to. Uh, I may not like it as much as some of the other MonsterVerse movies, but I still think it's a really good time at the film, at the theater, at the movies. But yeah, I mean, so let's uh, let's talk about these visuals in this film. Uh, first off, I, I you, Robert, you've already mentioned kind of the the brightness of you know the the places we're watching these characters. But what about like just the these designs in general, like, do you guys like the the way we've, we've rendered these giant monsters to kind of fit in a, a feasible universe? Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. Feasible? Uh, I, no, because you can't have anything that large because the with that square cube ratio law, whatever it is, that the bigger something is, the more it would crush itself. So, no, I have to check my hard science fiction background at the door when I walk in. But I don't care. I know going in, it's not going to be realistic in that sense. But I, I thought that the um, the visual style of this one was fresh. Uh, the fact you you know within 30 seconds of seeing Kong, he's there scratching his ass, which was funny. Uh, you know, he really acts like an old man. The character's he an does. old man, and it's it's that that's that that's the quality of that character that really makes him three dimensional. Whereas Godzilla is rendered pretty much without a lot of anything going on, other than just constantly being angry. Uh, but, so uh, there's two things there. One, yes, Toho had a rule. Toho the studio had a rule that they couldn't make Godzilla be emotive. They they specifically wanted ah. they specifically wanted him to remain as a force. They imposed that onto Adam Wingard in his in making of this movie. I would argue mm-hmm. I would argue they kind of get around that as far as the scenarios they put Godzilla in to make it seem like he's emoting as far as certain looks he gives or even just how he fights Kong. But um, but there was a a deliberateness to not giving him too much like human qualities by comparison to to Kong, which I yeah. I rather like because I 
I'm not going to say it's like Andy Circus level great like uh, motion capture uh, creature acting, but I do think uh, what Terry Notary and TJ Storm, I think they do a good job as far as representing these monsters. Like I, I like what I'm seeing as far as that kind of performance goes. Yeah, well, I mean, we're also Godzilla's a reptile, so it, normally, like, you get more expressions out of an ape than you would a reptile. Sure. Although, the, without sure. without spoiling anything, there is one moment in this movie, one expressive moment from Godzilla that made me go, "Christ, that's terrifying!" <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Well, honestly, though, mm-hmm. the fact that this movie works better, at least for me, than either the other Godzilla movies in this series is because he doesn't need to carry the weight of audience identification because Kong's there. For sure. And so, yeah. you know, it, it, it works better as a film because in the in the other two Godzilla movies, most of the human beings are pretty much idiots. And they don't, they're, they're just not very interesting characters for the most part, with a couple of exceptions. But this one, you've got a lot of interesting characters, you've got a lot of eccentric characters, and you've got Kong, and the movie is just much more engaging on that level than I think any of the other ones with Godzilla have been. But because Godzilla doesn't have to be the center of our identification this time, and clearly isn't intended to be. Granted, I like those films more than you, but I will say, yeah, having Kong in there automatically is going to give... For a movie that's about this title fight, basically, between these two, yes. When you have Kong in there, because it's a giant ape-like thing it's gonna naturally have more like qualities and like what like what right. adam wingard yeah. he's he's said that he used what um uh john mcclane and mel gibson's uh rigs and lethal weapon like as like the basis for what his kong's supposed to be like as far as him being like this scrappy fighter that's always getting into situations uh <laughs> like and it, it tracks as far as like watching this movie but even then you also get you know it's kong so naturally he has a human he responds to so you have um, the young actress, um, who, the young deaf actress, um, Kaylee Hoddle, um, who could communicate with Kong and what have you, which like, and there's a lot of these things that are like tie into other like Godzilla movies and stuff as well. Like there's, what is it? Um, is it, well, it's the Heisey series in general, but there's one woman that has like a tele- telekinetic connection with Godzilla, right, Alex? Well, that, yeah, that's in the Heisei series yeah. with, uh, Mickey, yeah. There's like stuff like there's little Easter eggs like that as far as just like yeah know, we're like connecting. Well, movies. you go back to the early '60s, mid '60s, early '70s ones, the original series, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of them where children or people have a connection with Godzilla, yeah. and where they're interacting in ways, and so this is kind of a callback to that as well. Plus, there's the old animated series where Kong in the '60s, late '60s, early '70s, were an animated series where Kong had basically a pet boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of plays the same role the young girl does in this one. Yeah. So I mean, but also the the plot for this movie, parts of the plot uh, kind of remind me of King Kong Escapes from uh, yeah. the sixties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which uh, we won't get too much into. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We but don't you know, to. if you're comparing it to the original King Kong versus Godzilla, you know, the the old myth is is that in the Japanese version, Godzilla wins, and in the American version, Kong wins, and that turns out to be completely manufactured by. Corey Ackerman in an old fan magazine. He's the guy that did Famous Monsters of Filmland, and he had another one, uh, a companion magazine, where he basically claimed there were two different endings, and that turned out to be completely not true. But I used to believe that for many years, and in the, you know, the version you see, Kong gets away, and we don't see Godzilla. Yeah. Kind of, he's kind so, of so not there. So it's clickbait before clickbait. Right. Yeah. But they kind, of did that, they kind of did that with this movie, where they allowed it to alternate 
you know, who wins this round, so to speak. And then I don't want to give any spoilers alert, but you know, by the end of the film, it's clear that there's there's a winner. There's a winner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there is a winner. There's a winner it's, of the title of the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's no draw like what Tomiki Tanaka suggests. <laughs> yeah. With with that said, as far as as far as that original film goes, um, it's you know using the word silly to apply to a film, it's like well yeah, it's called Godzilla versus Kong. I feel like the you know the, <laughs> there's a certain kind of understanding you have going in. At the same time, like, the 60s one was not above this. Like, Ashiro Honda knew the ridiculousness of it, and there's a lot of, especially in the Japanese cut, uh, the original, you know, the non-edited cut, it uh, plays as a satire with a lot of intentional humor. Oh, uh, yeah. This movie, I mean, it's not going for that kind of tone, but it's certainly, you know, it knows how to have fun, and I think that's a big key ingredient to, like, how to make a movie again called Godzilla vs. Kong work. I, I, I don't necessarily think that the other Godzilla films are desperately serious. I do think the actors are certainly like playing in this kind of brooding way in a lot of instances, but I do think there's a lot of fun to be had in those films. And obviously Kong Skull Island's its own thing completely. It's very much trying to have as much fun as possible. Oh man, does it. <laughs> but this one really, again, I, because I think of the kid-friendly nature of it, I do think it it's really right. You know, this is a movie that like has futuristic spaceships and people in fancy costumes and whatnot going inside the, you know, doing like Jules Verne-esque things by going to the center of the, like there's a lot of like stuff here that's really trying to push it in a very obviously fun direction. And uh, from what I can tell from you guys, I feel like you're all embracing this more than I've heard a lot from as far as people's regard for not only the monster stuff, but the story of this film. I, I'm not beyond like criticizing the story, but at the same time, I, I don't find it, like, dumb here. Like, it's dumb as far as, sure, it's a lot to, like, hold in and be like, okay, yeah, that's possible or whatever. But, like, I I, I like this story. I like the story that they're telling to get us to this point. I mean, I will I will say this. Um, Like, I feel like comparing this to the original King Kong vs. Godzilla is rather pointless. But the story within the universe that it's set up uh-huh. makes a lot more sense. And they built up a reason why these two monsters would fight. Because if you watch that original King Kong versus Godzilla, it's a coincidence that they fight. Yeah. Like they were not <laughs> yeah. instinctively drawn to each other. It's like, Oh, um, these two monsters just happen to be in the same place at the same time. And now they're fighting. Well, it's a little more deliberate than that. The human beings set it up to try to promote yeah, some pharmaceutical company or some, the guy that, that does it. Well, yeah, the, it's it's human intervention fight. that re, that causes it, but like it's not like Godzilla is like, I hope I don't see that Kong, because if I do, I'm gonna fight him. Like it's just more like yeah. it's, just, <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess we're in the no same matter, place. Let's fight each no other. No matter, <laughs> yeah, no matter how many times the American re-edit convinces you of that, uh, uh, they fight out of pure coincidence. I haven't actually seen the Japanese version because I don't have access to it, but because for decades it was unavailable. But I do think that, that this movie, and I don't want to have a spoiler alert, I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but clearly that one of the main plot points is direct is drawing directly off of the old King Kong versus Godzilla with the electricity. Yeah. I mean, that's straight out of the mm-hmm. original film. Oh, and the original right. film was actually written, the script was supposed to be Frankenstein versus Godzilla. And that's why the electricity rejuvenates King, Frankenstein. King Kong versus Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, no, it was supposed to be Godzilla versus Frankenstein. No, no it, it was, was uh, it was going to be King Kong. King Kong versus uh, Frankenstein. Was it? Okay. Yeah, but but Toho wanted to do uh, Frankenstein versus Godzilla after King Kong versus Godzilla, but they oh, never got okay. to it. 
my memory's playing tricks on me. But I mean, the whole thing is, is that I just like that Toho was so obsessed one. with Frankenstein at that point. They're like, we got to get Frankenstein. This just makes sense. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is the way to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, because in the early 60s, Frankenstein and Dracula and the rest of the Universal Monsters were having a massive revival mm-hmm. because they were being played on television and they were became, and they were being re-released to the movie theaters, too. And, and, so and, it was and a, Japan it was naturally was like, well, what if we did Frankenstein, but bigger? Like I did, that just right. humors me to know. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. For this story, now, going off the fact that we've all seen these MonsterVerse films, and some of us like them more than others, I, the thing I like noticed like heavily, and I mentioned this already in talking about the movie, is how stripped down it seemed as far as the movies we got prior to this seemed more built on a shared continuity, where this one, while it still has that, it seems like it's very much in the kind of in, kind of in the back seat. Like, where is it? Do you feel the same way? I would argue that um, the 2014 Godzilla is more separated from the rest of the series than this is, because huh? that was made at a time when the the idea of putting these two monsters together was not even thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least with this one, this one they do do reca- a recap, so you don't have to watch the others as a requirement. But I feel like there's a lot of details that if you've seen the other movies, you're going to get a lot more out of this if you than if you haven't. Let me put it this way. Because, you're not, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, the, four, the 2014 one, yes, it was a launch. It's, it's, like, it's, like Iron, it's like saying Iron Man doesn't have enough connection to the MCU because it was the launching film. So naturally it doesn't really do much. But I, how about more like looking at King of the Monsters and where that was going as far as all the monarch stuff involved, the various things involving hollow earth or what have you, which does come up here. It, it does feel like it's less concerned with that sort of, even like the other Titans that were all featured in King of the Monsters are completely absent here. It seems like this film is less concerned with completely feeling like a, you know, a, a, a directly tied to that film and more like, okay, yeah, there's some characters here and like monarchs, a thing still, but that's it. Like, it, okay. Is, is, is that fair? Did you get that vibe? It, yeah, like, that, I could get on board with that. Because it, be, it made me feel as though after King of the Monsters didn't perform well at the box office that they kind of shifted. Because this movie was in production while that movie came out in theaters. So it it made me feel like, okay, maybe they took like a shift in gears as far as how concerned we're going to be with the universe we've created for this movie. That's the kind of, That's the vibe I was getting watching this one. It just feels emptier in that regard. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Huh? Yeah. But isn't the reason why 2014's Godzilla felt much more isolated compared to the others is because Warner Brothers didn't know if Toho would let them use Godzilla again? Well, I think I think like, the reason, you, if, if I'm correct, uh, Legendary didn't have Kong at the time. Huh? Like They didn't announce they'd be making a King Kong movie until Comic-Con that same year. And it was supposed to be a prequel to either the original or the Peter Jackson movie. And... This was back when Universal was supposed to distribute it, and then it got reworked to a full-fledged reboot. Went over to Warner Brothers, and they decided to connect it to Godzilla. I remember it was just called Skull Island at the time, and it was going to star J.K. Simmons was one of the, like the stars of that film. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, that's right. And at that point, I didn't like. Yes, would it make sense for Kong to show up? Sure, but I just thought it was going to be a movie about Skull Island because there's you know there's a lot going on there. It seems like all the time. Um, before yes, it morphed into the thing that it turned into. Would I, you know, I have no doubt that when they made 2014's Godzilla, they certainly would have been like, yeah, let's do more of this. But yeah, yeah, I don't think you're wrong as far as we don't know what we're going to be able to do based off 
you know, un- an unknown quantity as far as how successful it's going to be. But it worked out like that, that, you know, the Comic-Con after was released, they announced like, yeah, next time we're going to have Mothra and Rodan and King Ghidorah. So it's like they're, they're all set. <laughs> yeah. I was there. That was mind blowing. Uh, what else? We talked about the story a little bit. How about these characters? I, you, you, again, you guys seem to be in favor of the characters for the most part. Were there any, any standouts for you? Anyone stick out as far as having the most fun or being the most <laughs> concerning? Uh, I actually... I mean, I don't want to go on a negative route, especially for somebody who shares my name. But um, I thought Alexander Skarsgård was kind of a bore. Um, like, he's supposed to be the strong-jawed hero of it all. And he just seemed more, like, lost and confused. And I don't know, he just didn't, he didn't sell me uh, at the end of the day. Uh, the standouts for me were honestly Rebecca Hall and, um, uh, how, how do you say her last name? Kaylee, Kaylee Hoddle, thank you. Uh, yeah, whenever it's the two of them, um, I thought it was great, but uh, Alexander Skarsgård just didn't really do it for me. I'll say this about him: I kind of like that he, that he, you know, he's a big, tall guy. He's like eight foot five, and so like seeing him play, like <laughs> seeing him play like this kind of more reserved, nerdy guy, I kind of dug that as far as what you would you would what you could expect from somebody like that versus what he actually yeah. is. That said this movie's under two hours there's like 17 people in this cast like i get why we're yeah. not getting more of that but i kind of like that it subverted what you might expect from you know the guy that played tarzan um to be in this movie yeah i mean i he didn't like ruin the movie for me and at the end of the day all the human characters are really just plot devices to get these two monsters to fight each other yeah pretty much i mean there's no character development at all in this movie but i mean I pose the question, does it have to have character development in a monster versus monster kind of movie? I mean, in terms of, yeah, there's I, no, like, there's no arcs here. Is that, you know, no one's going on a yeah. journey to go from, like, thinking one thing about Godzilla versus another. Um, but, but you get, like, types. And, yeah, I mean, I think, especially on the Kong side of things, I do think that group, that grouping, like, has a lot, you know, t- a lot to do and a lot of, like, they're, like, they're next to the wonder, like, the whole time. Where, like, the Millie Bobby Brown... Brian Tyree Henry, a lot of three names, and Julian Tennyson, <laughs> <laughs> that side, like they're on their own adventure, and it's, I want, I want, I want to say less involving, but I mean it's just not as, you know, it's not as momentous because it's not like they went to Hollow Earth, they went to Hong Kong. It's like all right, that's, and they yeah. see, they see some stuff, no doubt, but um, the 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 crew of Kong, you know, going into Hollow Earth, like that stuff is, you know, I I enjoyed that more. How about you, Robert? Did you did you have any characters that stuck out to you as far as um, I thought the three that went to Hong Kong were, you know, they're they're meant to be deliberately eccentric. Yeah. And you know, it, the 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 I don't know the names of the actors off the top of my head, but the the engineer who's the paranoid and has the podcast, uh-huh. Bernie. He was kind of he was kind of refreshingly strange. And uh, I also thought the the young British speaking boy who's the friend of the main uh, Maddie, the, the, the daughter yeah. of the original scientist. He's a, he's uh, a New Zealand. He's a, he's a Kiwi. He's from New Zealand. Yeah. He kind of reminded me of, uh, you know, Peter Parker's friend in the, in the uh, new Spider-Man movies. Kind oh, of the Ned. same type of character. Yeah. But I thought those were, you know, they were a little refreshing. They're a little different. Uh, they weren't what you expected. Unlike the Godzilla King of the Monsters, most of those characters, except for, you know, uh, the the main uh, Japanese scientist who goes in to see uh, Godzilla with the atomic bomb. 
he was the only one that didn't drive me bonkers thinking you're an idiot. Yeah, because Ken, Ken uh, Watanabe demands respect when he pops yeah. into Godzilla's lake. Yeah, <laughs> and obviously yeah. that character in Godzilla King of the Monsters is playing off of the original Japanese scientist who comes up with the oxygen destroyer, that kind of tragic figure. Yeah, they have the same name, Dr. Shirazawa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that's that was there. But I enjoyed the characters, and, and the characters that kind of drove me bonkers from the first one are either gone or uh, t- or kept on screen. I mean, the dad scientist is is kept on screen for such a minimal, minimal amount of time. It, it didn't annoy me. But the, the massive plot holes and the stupidity of the last one <laughs> were not there this time. I was able to relax. I didn't have any screaming moments. Of, oh, come on. That would never happen. Even, you know, this movie went more pulp, like Con Skull Island did. There's a definite pulp feel to it. They're, they're all the goofy inventions and, you know, the, everything's very, very pulp, unlike the last one, which was just eco-terrorism, and that was all it was. And it was just playing out really no motivations whatsoever that actually made any sense to me. This one we- feels... I was going to say, and eco-terrorism and a weird... Um coping mechanism by releasing monsters to avenge your yeah. death. Yeah, it, it's very strange. But this one, it was just everybody, it was being played for fun. It had a very strong feeling of the, of the mid-1960s Godzilla films, uh, which have a lot of pulp science fiction devices. The Hollow Earth is one of the oldest and corniest of all the pulp science fiction devices. And it's played with a sense of freshness, even though, you know, logistically speaking, it's what they portray would never actually happen. Uh, but any more than Godzilla can punch a tunnel, you know, all the way to the center of the earth. Oh, come on, please. The damn thing would have collapsed on itself from all the of the weight of the earth around it. It never would have stayed there. But I didn't care. Yeah. Because it's pulp. It's deliberately pulp, whereas Godzilla King of the Monsters takes itself far too seriously. And it, you got to realize this stuff is meant to be fun. Have fun with it. Stop being so damn serious. And when Kong shows up, and every time he shows up, a 70s song starts to play, it's fun. Which is also the same vibe you get with Guardians of the Galaxy. When Starlow shows up, you get another 70s song. It's the incongruity that works. Amen to that. Just have fun with it. Yeah. Speaking of fun, let's talk about these monster fights a little bit here. We get... Oh, man. We get a couple big bouts. One is obviously the... I mean, one's the big one that's like in all the trailers as far as Kong, and they're they're at sea... And they're on like aircraft carriers and battleships and what have you. And then there's uh, the rest is all Hong Kong basically. I mean, there's a there's a big uh, divergence in um, to Hollow Earth, but that's all of Kong. Uh, but as far as the Godzilla fights go, uh, yeah, we get we get these like two major settings for these things. What do you guys think of the of the one at sea? I thought it was pretty pretty great. And out of all the Godzilla movies ever made, the most convincing. Uh, battleships i've ever seen in one of these movies <laughs> um what you don't I mean, like models oh i love models <laughs> oh no i love them but um i because there's a charm to those uh models but it's nice to kind of like believe more that these are actual battleships with weight um but i uh, know i thought the first fight out at sea was it was inventive it was pretty intense. Um, you could tell with a lot of these uh, movies, with, with this and the Gareth Edwards Godzilla, there's a lot of Spielbergian references, mm-hmm. like when, um, like specifically to Jaws, where Godzilla's tail gets caught on the anchor of one of the ships or half of the ships, mm-hmm. 
and it acts like the barrels um, from Jaws. Like I thought it was pretty intense and lots of fun. I liked when when uh, Kong grabbed one of the fighter jets and threw it at Godzilla like a ninja star. That was with no regard for anybody in the jet. The guy just like parries like I guess I got to parachute out of this now. But um, it's just like little stuff like that just got me. Uh, Mark, any any signature moves you enjoyed watching in the in this fight? Um, other than the uh, the money shot from the trailer of Godzilla using his atomic breath and God and Kong you. Using his axe to block it. Um, no, still much... on the still on the aircraft carrier fight on that one. Oh, he's still on the aircraft. Oh, um... we'll get we'll get to Hong Kong. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I mean, just the sheer thought of Godzilla trying to get Kong into the water to try and drown him. Mm-hmm. That kind of adds like a little bit of drama to it because if I was Godzilla, I would try and do the same thing too because he's. Kong is not an underwater titan. He's not. So what I would do is try and use my tail or do whatever I can to drag him underwater and try to drown him. And I think that the way that Kong is able to escape, you know, from Godzilla's clutches in the water is kind of awesome. It makes you realize, like, Kong is different from Godzilla because he has you know, some thought and he's able to think on how he can get out of these situations and, you know, use his um, smarts to try and, you know, defeat Godzilla in that sense. He's certainly the underdog based given the skill sets that these characters have. But I mean, I would would argue, I mean, Godzilla is clearly a thinker too. He's like, I'm in my area. I'm in my element. I know how to get rid of this guy. I'm going to drag him underwater. (laughs) Like that's like my sole goal in this. It's to drag him, like whatever I can do, I'm going to just get him down and just sink him. Like that's, that's going to take care of business. Like it's yeah. Yeah. Cause he's not an underwater Titan. So that's the best way to get rid of him. It's the quickest way. Before we get to Hong Kong, let's talk about hollow earth. So we have this whole scenario that was introduced in Kong school Island. And it was brought back in King of the monsters. And now we actually visit like full on hollow earth where there's basically <laughs> a, it's hard to say if it's like, just like underground or if it's like another dimension that where the entrance is through a portal in the side of the earth whatever you want to call it uh, I'm, I'm sure there's like an inner logic that they have to like how this thing actually works but there is this, your brain will break if you think about it too hard but there is this kind of like you know mythological plane of existence where titans like came from and were exist in and what have you that we visit this time around um, which involves fancy spaceships and just falling for a long time um and within this area you see something that looks a lot like skull island as far as big you know jungle-like settings whack wild monsters all over the place and also like gravity disparity for some reason uh robert did you did you enjoy seeing this kind of like edgar rice burroughs land of mystery and wonder <laughs> definitely i mean hollow earth has been a major pulp trope for over a hundred years i mean there were stories about it back in the 19th century people wrote books that it would exist Jules Verne, obviously, you know, the the journey to the center of the earth is playing with it. Edgar Rice Burroughs and Pellucidar, both in the Tarzan stories and the novels he wrote about it. It was a very common trope for a long time. It's cropped up in different kinds of forms uh, in comic books and other places. This was kind of like the first really full-blown special effects version of it. And I love that Kong is so displaying a sense of wonder 
when he goes from one top of it to the bottom of it and he kind of jumps through the 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 anti-grav field and he just kind of enjoys himself playing with the the floating stones it was really like very very much that science fiction sense of wonder that he was feeling that and uh the whole really for me the thing i want to see is are they going to do another movie where they kind of explain where did the titans come from who created that because it's basically a throne room where kong finally becomes king kong and he's sitting on his throne and he finds the axe who made all these things where did they come from Kong is obviously when they when they you know find the axe in the first place you can see there's been a battle before and Kong was the victor so or or a Kong was the victor so where where is this is this racial memory has Kong been here before uh where did the titans come from i mean for me that's setting up an even more interesting film to come were you guys expecting to see like some kind of flashback at some point to this like ancient war that happened yes i was uh... yes yeah yeah. I, I feel like the only thing stopping that was like, well, we already, we, you know, we, we threw $70 million at the Justice League cut, so we can't spend it on the, the Kong battle anymore, <laughs> guys. Like... <laughs> Give us the ancient war. And that is why I am on team hashtag continue the MonsterVerse. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, I mean, I was sitting there thinking... We're certainly getting, the, you know, the, for one thing, Kong walks into some giant doors and like, geez, who makes all these doors? But that was my main thought. <laughs> but, um, exactly. But uh, we got in there, and yeah, you do, like you mentioned, you see like the skeleton and what and whatnot, and it's like, are we gonna get like a cool exposition flashback like we did in that damn Justice League movie? Nope, we did not. But I would certainly <laughs> welcome it. So you know, bring it on. Other films, or I guess there's like there's yeah. gonna be a Netflix Skull Island series, right? Isn't that the thing too? Yeah, so. Kong anime series. There's also I know yeah okay it's a it's a it's an anime series for Kong yeah okay I knew there was okay I I wasn't sure if it was what kind of series it was all right cool maybe we'll get something in that form I guess but uh, well I mean honestly you, you know you just mentioned about whether or not the MonsterVerse series should continue I think so yeah caught Kong Skull Island you got this one and the you know it's not like I hated the other two movies they didn't think they were as good as some people do but they're batting more than 500 here. In terms of producing enjoyable entertainment. I, and as far as I can see, mm-hmm. anything with Kong is working damn well. Kong's always been a star. We're going to get back to this Hollow Earth stuff in Hong Kong, I promise. But Kong's always been a movie star. That's something that I saw going into this. It's like, people are going to like this one. Like, you know, Godzilla's more of a cult figure. Like, yes, it's a big popular thing for Japan in certain places. But as far as American audiences are concerned, it's never been like this marquee character in the same way Kong has. Like... Kong saved our. No, no, what? No, I would disagree with you a hundred percent. By compared, by compared to Kong. Yeah, oh yeah. Godzilla was bigger than Kong when I was a kid because the movies were coming out regularly. And I swear to you, we loved King Kong, but there was just that one movie. Son of Kong hardly ever played on the television, but we would literally, my friends and I growing up, would grab the TV guide and scan it for the late night Friday and Saturday nights when they would likely be playing these movies. And for about three or four years in the early 70s, mid-70s, Channel 5 was showing a Godzilla movie every week. He was a major star. I'm I'm not denying the fact that he was known and, yeah, watched on TV or what have you. But, I mean, in terms of, like, these movies and them being, like, huge box office hits, like, Kong has always been a movie star in that sense. 
Like the 33 no, Kong. No, he has. Yeah, he has. The 33 Kong saved RKO. The 70s That's version true. was a hit. Yeah. The the 2000 the Jackson's Kong was also a hit. Like they're like they're these movies work yeah, for that regard. There were Godzilla movies during that whole time that were hits as well. They just the, there were a lot of those that weren't hits here, but in the 60s and 70s. Trust me, there were massive lines to go see Godzilla movies. I said, I said America. I, I didn't say. Yeah. I, I said there. He's always been a star in Japan and whatnot. I but in America, I'm not, I'm not. Again, I'm not saying that like they failed. Obviously, there's a presence of Godzilla here. But I mean, in terms of. Well, I mean, he's had 30 plus movies as yeah, opposed I, to <laughs> Kong's. Te- like, is this the tenth Kong movie? I was trying to think of that too. There's what Kong, Son of Kong. Does Mighty Joe Young count? Like, no. Okay. No. So, so then you get what you get. King Kong versus King Kong Godzilla. Godzilla, King Kong Escapes, King King Kong 70s, King Kong Lives, Jack Jackson's Kong. Is there any others besides and then this Kong one? Skull Island. Island, this one, so there's nine. Wow. And then there's the TV series, <laughs> the, the animated one. No, I, or, I just think that most of the Kong movies have, have not been on the level that the Godzilla series was for a very long time. Now, I, you know, I we cannot talk about the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. My God, that was a horrible movie. No, that one, like, and and you could make the argument that that doesn't count because Toho has renamed the monster Zilla. So, yeah, it's not a Godzilla movie. Not in Toho's eyes, at least. <laughs> no, but I I think Godzilla, and if you want a, another metric on that, the old Aurora models, Godzilla and King Kong were both in that series. So I think he was a huge star for a very long time, but then a lot of the Japanese films the the ones you were talking about from the 80s and 90s and early 2000s never really got much attention here. At that point, I think he did become a cult figure. But in the 60s and 70s, Godzilla was enormous. I understand. I, I I'm not trying to downplay what kind of impact he's had on American society uh, in in addition to Japanese society. I think it's, yeah, I am more focusing on kind of where it is now, where I feel like anytime you put out a King Kong movie, it's going to get a certain level of attention. Where I think now for Godzilla, it's a little bit more niche, which I think is proven by the success of these recent Godzilla movies. Where like King of the Monsters was pretty much a flop. 2014 was massively front loaded. It did enough to lead to Skull Island, which made more money. So I think if you're putting a King Kong in a movie, that's just going to get more of a excitement going for an audience. I think there's more of like we're more invested in that character at this point in time. But yeah. I also think that those films are just better made. They're better written. They tend to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, did Skull Island make more money than Gareth Edwards' Godzilla? I believe so, yeah. Not, uh, not by, like, much. But, um... Oh, it, di- it did? Okay. Yeah. yeah, for the longest time, I thought Godzilla was still the highest grossing, but I was wrong. Yeah, it was, it was Skull Island. Kong makes money, guys. And it had, I mean, it had that... It had that... Ca- <laughs> well, it had Sam Jackson. It had that cast. It's like, there's a big draw for all of those people, like, com- by comparison. Aaron Taylor Aaron. Johnson's not bringing the money in the same way that Sam Jackson... <laughs> and, um, Aaron, yeah. to argue against myself, King Kong versus Godzilla was the biggest of all the Godzilla series in Japan. It was yeah. it's still the biggest grossing it, Godzilla movie in Japan ever. Yeah, it did the yeah. most the most tickets by far. <laughs> like it was it was huge. I, I, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying Kong just like there's something about it. It, when I say Kong, yes, I'm not really thinking of like King Kong Lives. Uh, I'm thinking more of like it's <laughs> it, the prime movies you write, you kind of associate King Kong with. I mean, it tends to work out. Which, how many people uh, outside of King Kong and Godzilla fans even know that the movie that movie exists? What King Kong Lives or King Kong Escapes? Yeah, no, King Kong Lives. Oh, not me. Yeah, just, just the Linda Hamilton fan base. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, I'm still trying to forget that movie exists. So, Although yeah. it does have one of my favorite Siskel and Ebert reviews. I, I'm sure. <laughs> I should link to that in the show notes. Um, getting back to, okay, so we talked about Hollow Earth a bit. I mean, okay, we talked about, you. Robert talked about Hollow Earth. Do you, you guys have any thoughts on the, the experience of being in Hollow Earth? I will say that I like the part where King Kong ripped off the head of a big giant bat and drank its blood. That's just fun to me, guys. That's the kind of thing. Yeah, that, yeah, that was <laughs> gross, but I, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I thought the, um, like it's fun that the that they built up Hollow Earth uh, the entire time. Well, with Kong Skull Island and Godzilla King of the Monsters, mm-hmm. but to actually see it was pretty neat. And for them to use those, um, as, as I call Super X light to get to Hollow Earth, mm-hmm. uh, it made me go, "I want to go on this ride." When's that opening at Universal Studios? Yeah. That's, and then to that's realize, exactly what I was thinking, too. Yeah. And then to read a, uh article from Polygon where Adam Wingard says that Back to the Future, the ride, was an inspiration for those moments. I'm like, great minds think alike, man. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what you can I can honestly see it. I said, I said that to Anna. We were sitting in the car watching the movie The Drive, and it's like, this feels just like the Back to the Future. I guess it's the Simpsons ride now, but now it's the – but. There's like that one shot where like the where Skarsgård and the gang like come out of Hollow Earth and like into Hong Kong and it's just like this shot that's following them as they're like right next to Kong's face and then Godzilla's face and his beam and it's like you can feel being in like a motion ride like doing this this whole thing right now and damn it why why don't we why do we not have this that's my question (laughs) because uh, Skull Island Reign of Kong exists at Islands of Adventure we can't have two King Kong movies rides in different universes well i don't sign many petitions but i will sign this one to get this ride going <laughs> i will too um, like regardless of that so let's get to hong kong let's talk about hong kong a bit we get a we, we get some big fights here as well mark what would you like about the the hong kong battles between godzilla and kong it felt like an ollie versus tyson fight that's <laughs> exactly how it felt like because like i was saying Godzilla used his smarts to try and drown, you know, Kong in the ocean. But here, Kong was smart enough to use the buildings as shields and to try and hide himself from Godzilla. I do see him, like, you know, zigging and zagging and using, you know, the buildings to get out of there. I was like, see, that's the kind of way that you're going to beat Godzilla is by using your speed against Tyson's um <laughs> strength you know godzilla yeah against you know godzilla aka tyson's strength is you got to be faster than him you got to be smarter than him which is what ali was so i felt like this was the kind of you know tyson versus ali fight that you know a lot of boxing fans you know kind of hope for I, is I, pretty much it. I'd like to think that the Hong Kong architects that designed all these very elaborate and very neon lit buildings were both like really happy to see Kong like use the building as a jumping off point and the building still stood, only for them to be immediately <laughs> destroyed by Godzilla and Kong as they smashed directly into them. Because there's, there's a number of shots where King Kong is just like parkouring his way around the city, and it's like, well, the, the buildings are holding up to some of this, so that's good. And then they're gone. Then they're destroyed completely. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, there, there's a lot of really just, again, like, yeah, say what you will about the other films, but this film is very deliberate in how it wants it to look, how it wants us to be able to see these fights happen. And yeah, having these kinds of beasts and the ways they can fight each other, there's a great benefit to having a city like Hong Kong, as fantastically created as it is for the purposes of this movie, 
illuminate these monsters at these big peak moments where they get to do these big signature wrestling moves on top of each other and Kong wields his axe and what have you and Godzilla's just like blasting of his atomic breath like a fool around the city like there's just a lot of like cool stuff to see as far as like what would this be like what if we had the latest special effects to watch this whole thing go down it's a and I will say though Mm -hmm. I do like the little nod from the original Godzilla versus King Kong where Kong uses the axe and stuffs it into yeah. Godzilla's <laughs> yes. mouth. I was like, oh my god, they actually did put that scene. You know, when that Yeah, when the um when the I heard the movie got delayed, I made a joke uh on social media saying, Okay, the only excuse I will give them for delaying the movie is if they include that moment in the movie. Yeah, like, yeah. oh shit, they actually did include <laughs> yeah. it. I I was honestly surprised, but at the same time, not surprised because that was a very iconic, aka memeable moment from the movie. That's the one thing that most people who have seen Godzilla vs. King Kong remembers the most is the scene where King Kong takes a tree and stuffs it down Godzilla's throat. Yeah. So I'm glad they put that in there. So I, I want to proceed, but I want to also note that to, to talk about some more of this movie, I, I want to get into some spoiler territory. So people that haven't seen Godzilla vs. Kong and are concerned about other things that happen towards the end of this movie, now feel free to pause this, watch the movie if you plan to, and come immediately right back to this podcast before you do anything else. Um, so with that in mind, now that we're in this territory, we, we talked about this already. There is There is a definitive winner of these fights. Right, and I, I don't feel like it's controversial to say it's Godzilla, correct? He, he, yeah, he, yeah. He, no, it's not controversial to speak the truth. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think so. Ooh, but, <laughs> oh, spiting words. But we, we get what we bet we basically get three rounds, and Godzilla wins two, with the second, the third one being very, de- very decisive as far as how much damage he's doing to Cog, and complete with that entire like roaring sequence. Which I think was wonderful, <laughs> as far as yeah. like just, just yeah. game shouting a game type of thing, and like really, really showing who's the boss. And what I what I like about that, we'll get to the other thing that's also going to happen in this movie. But um, what I like about that is like what these things represent. And I I've been trying to kind of look at this film and see like what kind of what kind of thematic material it's going for. Because I again, regardless of how much you like the other films. I do think that there's some thematic weight associated with them that makes me like them more than just from the you know story and fights that they're showing. I, I feel like here there's maybe less of that, but I still look at this and see Kong as this kind of version, like this ideal version of humanity where Godzilla is just nature. And that's why he wins. God's nature wins out in these scenarios. And that's, <laughs> I look at that and I say, okay, yeah, now it would make sense for Godzilla to be the champion here, no matter how strong, how, how strong of a battle that Kong puts up. Yeah, you're going to get the, the, the thing that's a force of nature. That's going to come out on top, unless humanity cheats, which it does. And so we get a mecha, we get a <laughs> mecha Godzilla here. And, yeah. Uh, I tried my best to avoid everything about this. I sussed out from the trailer that there was probably going to be a mecha Godzilla, but I did not want to see what that was going to be until I finally saw this movie. I was very happy with seeing a Mechagodzilla come to life in a 2021 feature film um, in terms of its look, its overall design and fighting prowess. I was I was very satisfied in seeing this thing 
happen on a big screen. But how about you guys? Robert, where were you with Mecha Godzilla? Did you enjoy this? Oh, it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite things in the movies and the show. And, and it's my point that I'm going to make that you're wrong that King Kong is the obvious loser here because it's only Kong who can defeat Mecha Godzilla. It's Kong's use of the axe. It's the use of a tool that allows him to destroy Mecha Godzilla. And Kong did beat Godzilla in one round. And I, I really honestly think it was a fair fight and a fairly evenly balanced fight. But without Kong there, and granted, Godzilla does aid him, but without Kong there, Mecha Godzilla would have won, which would have again put human beings on top of things in their creations. But it clearly this thing is I mean, do you guys think that it was actually like Ghidorah come back or not? Yeah, that's my general. I think so. Yeah. 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 To back back up. Yeah. To back up, Robert. It in the movie called Godzilla vs. Kong featuring Godzilla vs. Kong battles, Godzilla won those battles. Sure, yes, Kong beat Mechagod. I'm not denying this, but that's not the fight that I, I'm talking about in terms of who wins. In terms of who wins and between I, Godzilla and Kong, and I will, Godzilla wins this battle. And I will say, though... It's fairly... Say, though, it, it's as, evenly uh, balanced. Someone, I will say, though, as someone who is Team Kong, I will give the benefit of the doubt that Godzilla was already weakened by the battles with Kong in Hong Kong before, you know, he battled Mechagodzilla. So he was already at kind of a disadvantage. Yeah, he spent all night fighting the big ape thing, and he's like, what the fuck is this thing coming in now? Like, yeah. what, I gotta fight a robot? Like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Godzilla was so much, what is this thing, as much as he was, I knew it. I knew these yeah, knew. humans did something. Well, because you could sense the presence of Ghidorah. Because they're using the using Gator as basically the neural network that runs Mechagodzilla. Yeah, yeah. As far yeah, as far as yeah. getting back to that question, yes, I feel like the by the time Mechagodzilla is running wild in the city, I feel like it. Yeah, it is, it is harnessed by the consciousness of Ghidorah. That is a uh, <laughs> that's that's the assumption I had as far as what's con- what's powering Mechagodzilla. But also, I think that it was deliberate. Once Kong's got the axe. It's deliberate not to let him use it to really defeat Godzilla because it would leave Godzilla dead end of the series. Mm-hmm. King Kong, if he'd have been allowed to use the axe the way I think Kong would have used the axe, I realize we're getting that, who would win in this battle if this happened? But I do think that that was deliberate on the part of the writers to have him get knocked down so this final battle with Mechagodzilla could t- t- take place. But when I'm watching the film, I don't give a shit. Well, it's for wonderful. sure, yeah. I mean, this is all fun yeah. as far as the winning. But, I mean, in that respect... The same could be said for God. If he wanted to kill Kong, not just defeat him, but like murder him, he could have done that. He had the he had the advantage. <laughs> like he stand, oh yeah, he was standing yeah. on top of him. He didn't just have to roar. He could have just you know atomic breath his yeah. head off. <laughs> but you know, and actually, I wondered about that afterwards because in nature, predators don't tend to kill other predators. If they if they submit, if they're able to be dominant, they actually do walk away. And that's what he wanted. That's what he essentially yeah. did. He's, he's like, right. oh, bow to me. That was the thing. Right. right. Getting back to this mechanic, Mechagodzilla versus, versus everybody, though. <laughs> uh, Alex, how about you? Where, where are you on this display of Mechagodzilla in this modern film? Uh, first of all, I would like to say to everyone who theorized that Godzilla in the trailers was actually Mechagodzilla in disguise, your theories are wrong, and I am so grateful that they were wrong because um, – that would have been a cheat. Uh, I, I I don't disagree. That said, I would have liked to see a whole Scooby Doo like rips off his face, like, oh no, it's Mechagodzilla. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, the first movie to feature Mechagodzilla had that aspect. Yeah, 
but <laughs> I actually I actually like what they did with Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it definitely makes up for Mechagodzilla being a city in uh, the anime trilogy, yeah, which that was. No, that was. I don't know what that. I don't know what that was. That got me really annoyed because I was like, "What's Mechagodzilla?" Gonna...? And it's like, it's just like that's that's. Lame. It's a city with guns. Like I at least I enjoyed that. I like that third one because I like I like what they tried to do with Ghidorah. That was at least something interesting to me where yeah. the Mechagodzilla is like, hey, it's a city. All right. Anyway, that's the anime. This, this. Yeah. With this movie, um, like I like how Mechagodzilla was obviously overpowering both monsters individually. Mm-hmm. Like it's not until they like actually teamed up where he was kind of at a disadvantage. They learned and... that lesson from Hobbs and Shaw. If we work together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Uh, just as ridiculous as that movie. Um, and I like Hobbs and Shaw. But, um, yeah, the way they utilized Mechagodzilla was pretty great. Um, having, like, it be Ghidorah Reborn, that was a nice nod to um, the Millennium series where that version of Mechagodzilla was pretty much, at times, could be the 1954 Godzilla Reborn. Yeah, the bones of Godzilla used to make a Mechagodzilla. <laughs> yeah. Funny. And uh, I actually, I actually kind of liked the design. It had a menacing look to it. Yeah. A little looked, corny. It, it looked evil. It looked like an evil robot. Like that yeah, was... <laughs> it, it was the first time since the Showa era where Mechagodzilla actually looked menacing. Yeah, because that's, I mean, the Showa era is where it, it is supposed to be this evil thing, where the, the AC yeah. and the Millennium, they're like, what if, you know, it's humanity trying to build a, a thing to get rid of Godzilla. It's supposed to be, fr- it's, it's basically Pacific Rim. Like, that's what's yeah, trying this, to do. I mean, this pretty much combines both where, yeah, humanity did create this thing. But they but used at the evil. End of the day, yeah, it became evil at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, as far as, like, this fight goes, once, yeah, once they start teaming up, and when they both grab Mechagodzilla's arms and thrust him through a building... That's pretty much, I think, and I, with no hyperbole, uh, one of the greatest movie moments of all time. <laughs> I, mean, it's, it's, I um... would agree. <laughs> Amen. It's I, like, I, I didn't, I didn't think uh, Godzilla and Kong teaming up to fight Mechagodzilla would be a thing I ever needed in my life, but here we go. It, uh, it worked out. <laughs> it worked out really well. And I mean, there's just some cool stuff they do with this thing, like when Mechagodzilla like uses its rockets on its back to you know, thrust punch at Godzilla. It's like, this is awesome. This is, this is, I'm beyond like, you know, having, you know, uh, knowledgeable criticisms at this point. Cause it's like, what, what else do I need out of this? That's going to make this better. Like, this is just the epitome of like huge scale blockbuster filmmaking. And to think that Adam Wingard, a man who's largely made very low budget, you know, genre films is like making this $200 million Godzilla versus Kong movie. Good on him for delivering the goods where they count. I uh, I think it uh, it worked out in that sense. Yeah. And to think this is another versus versus storyline where they team up at the end kind of movie that did it better than Batman versus Superman, right? Yeah. This is this yeah. is Yes, but that wasn't hard to do. Batman versus Superman sucked. <laughs> yeah, and plus um this movie had the advantage of one of the of one of the opponents not throwing the fight away over a goddamn name. Oh yeah. Yeah. Talk about boneheaded plots. Yeah, which I I hope those save Mothra jokes end now that this movie's out. <laughs> I mean they have because there's no Mothra. So it's like there's no reason yeah, to have these that's jokes. That's also anymore. true. <laughs> I mean there's there's no purpose to them anymore. <laughs> but um 
What? Well, it's okay. So to get okay, so we we talk about this movie a lot, uh, but real quick, as far as continuing this monsterverse, where where do you see it going from here? Like, what else do you do at this point? I, the origins. I, the origins. Ancient war. Yeah, yeah, the ancient war between the Godzillas and the Kongs is something that I think needs to happen. They were um, teasing it for so long, little bits and pieces here and there. We needed this. Warner Brothers, we need this. Yeah. I'm still looking forward, guys. I'm thinking Ghidorah's established as an alien. I mean, in this universe, aliens exist. So I, I want to see that play out. <laughs> I want to see I, I want to see us get some zillions in here, get get whatever other ones. And, Guy again. Yeah, throw a guy can in here. That'd be something. I don't know how you get Balante in here. I welcome it though. Um, you know, whatever you can do. I mean, I, I, I think there's there's room for another like match, like not a, like a, a another team up, another reason for Kong and Godzilla to be like, I guess we got to work together again to stop something else. I want, I want to see. Here's my here's one thing I'd like to see in terms of the future. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I absolutely hated in King of the Monsters was the uh out of nowhere inclusion of the oxygen destroyer. Uh-huh. Uh, if you want to make that, if you want to make that moment worth existing, bring in destroyer. Yeah. Like bring him, have him be born of the prototype weapon being used. And uh, I think that would qualify for a team up. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be a hell of a direction to go. Like, uh, yeah, have something come out of that uh, as far as bringing in the weapon and like seeing what the ramifications were. And then David Strathairn makes an oh no face at the same time. It'd be that'd be something. Yeah. Um. Anything else on a Godzilla vs Kong? I think we talked about this movie to quite an extent here. Not not much else. I guess um, I guess if we're doing closing thoughts, um, it's I'm glad this movie didn't suck. Um, I was kind of nervous about it, but I'm glad it ended up being so much better than I could have imagined, and I would love to see the MonsterVerse continue, uh, e- even if it's in animated form i know there's the skull island anime series whenever that comes out but i would like to see more of this incarnation of godzilla mm-hmm. well with all this yeah. in mind the the way we the way we rate things on this show alex is uh we we talk about when people should go and see these movies when, when should people see this film should they go to theaters and see it granted being in safe conditions should they wait for it on just watch an hbo max should they put it in the in their queue somewhere when, when should people see this film I would I would say uh, see it in theaters, like see it in the safest conditions possible, because I actually saw this in IMAX before seeing it in snippets on HBO Max. And yeah, um, I did too. Yeah, I felt like much safer going there than I did um, at Target or Ralph's. Um, And this is a movie that screams uh, seeing it in theaters like some like all the other HBO Max theatrical releases that we've gotten so far. They could have been seen on HBO Max. This is one instance where no, you take you head to the theater and see this movie. Mark yeah. up, Mark. If you have a chance, mm-hmm. yeah. If you have a chance to see this in theaters safely, and yeah, I would suggest IMAX because I watched this in IMAX and then I watched it again at home, like literally same day, and. Nothing beats that theatrical experience. Not nothing. It's the best way and and the biggest screen possible to uh, see these two like legendary like giant monsters just go at it. It's it's the only way. Yeah. And 
Yeah. And judging from, you know, a lot of the, granted, it's like only 40% uh, capacity. And judging from like all the sold out shows, like a lot of people are willing to go to theaters just to watch this. There's a, yeah. So there is a demand. I, yeah, I agree. There's a demand. And yes, based off the box office for the weekend, there's a lot of good news as far as where things could be heading for this, you know, monster verse, let alone just the success of this film in general. That's, you know, it's inspiring as far as what's to come. Um, granted, whatever, you know, COVID concerns might remain or what have you. But with, with that in mind, Robert, when, when should people see this movie? Oh, if I had had the opportunity to go see it in a theater, I would have. It was def- It's definitely deserving of that trip. Yeah, I, I do not disagree. I, I was able to see this with my girlfriend on the at the drive-in screen and that, you know, seeing on that on the big screen. Very cool. And yeah, were the opportunity to arise to see a movie see this movie on the theater definitely would be to be down for it that's the that's the way to experience something like this so uh that said it looks great on hbo max i can't complain like the oh it does on, on my big 4k yeah. tv i'm not complaining about that either it looks really good so it did a lot better but you than need the, the sound did. yeah the the sound would be nice to have as well the, the all-around sound Especially uh, the screaming match. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. That should be yeah. a ringtone. Oh, speaking of sound, can I talk about a nitpick of mine sure. that I'm probably the only person that has? Uh, I'm disappointed that um, Tom Holkenberg didn't bring back the Godzilla theme. Oh yeah, I mean, there was like there, it was like partially there, kinda, but yeah, they didn't bring back like like the way that um, Bear McCreary brought it in for King of the Monsters. It, yeah, I mean his his version's good. But um, there, nothing beats the Ifakube score. For sure, yeah. But yeah, there's, I, and generally I do like the score quite a bit too. So yeah, it is a bit of shit that didn't work it in in some way. Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> we've talked pretty sufficiently about Godzilla vs. Kong. Let's uh, let's move on now. All right, so now we're going to move on here and we're going to get to, uh, well, what? Well, I don't, how do I do what time? Well, Abe, are you there? Uh, yeah, of course. Boom. Dude, I've been here the whole time. Oh, go. Okay. Background. Okay. Really quiet this week. Whoa, well, it's great discussion on, on the movie, guys. <laughs> a lot of neon. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that insight. Um, <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you're here now in talking form. Um, so you can do, um, what, uh, what, what time? What time is it? Aaron, I think it's time for a quick couple of games here. That was beautiful. That's actually the the sound that plays when uh, the little girl touches King Kong's finger. That, I, I submitted it, and once yeah. again they're like, mm. and they're like, no, we're gonna go for sentimental type thing where it's just drowned out. Yeah, exactly that. That's what they said too. <laughs> guys, I've got a game for you guys. I've got a couple games for you guys. Oh, First good. one is one of my favorites. Uh, did I tweet that? This is where I'm gonna read a tweet from <laughs> one of you on the panel. <laughs> Aaron, Mark, oh, Alexander, oh, or Robert. Oh, no. <laughs> you have to come oh, no. to, If you know who tweeted oh, no. this, you tag in and you tell me who tweeted it. Oh. These are all King Kong Godzilla related. <laughs> Alexander, okay, good. you have so many tweets. It's amazing. So you're you're welcome back anytime. Thank you. First one here. Okay, and if don't, you recognize don't, your own... Yeah, go ahead. To, to buzz in, say your name. That's how we do it on the show. Right. And uh, uh, what should I call it? Um, uh, if you know, if you think it's yourself, then obviously buzz in and, tell, and you know, name yourself. Let's go. First one here. The closest thing to referencing the original King Kong is one or two shots of the ship leaving Bangkok for Skull Island. 
Other than that, this movie is comfortable being its own thing, and I couldn't be more grateful. Hashtag Kong Skull Island. Aaron. Aaron. Is that an Alexander tweet? <laughs> that is an Alexander tweet. Okay. <laughs> I, I tweeted that? You did. <laughs> probably, probably in 2019 or something. <laughs> Oh, oh, wow! You you looked far back. This is this is a show that's dependent oh, on research. research Alexander. <laughs> okay. I, don't, don't I gotta yet. find I gotta find that tweet. The R and D department on this on this show. <laughs> yeah, it makes it makes you know uh, Morgan Freeman uh, cringe. Uh, the next one here. Hearing Godzilla's roar right before right before a fight against King Ghidorah. Oh, on my face. Hashtag Godzilla King of the Monsters. Mark. Mark, me. That is a, that is a Mark tweet. Yeah. <laughs> the next one here. Destroy all monsters was an object of great veneration in my childhood. My friends and I were obsessed with Japanese monster movies. What we called them long before we knew they were called kaiju. What did we love about them so much? Because every or why did we love this one so much? Because every monster was in it. Godzilla, Mothra, Rodan, King Ghidorah, Angurus, Minya Spenga. A.K.A. Kumanga, Baragon, Gonosaurus, Manda, and Varan. Guess what? Most of those monsters were costumes. Innovative, outlandish, and wonderful. This is one tweet? This is not one tweet. <laughs> this is multiple tweets. <laughs> Alexander. Alexander. I'm going to guess Robert. That is Robert. And Robert, you don't really have Twitter, so I had to find that on Facebook. Well, I thought that was me. <laughs> yeah, which is why it's so long. <laughs> yes. No, I actually do have a Twitter account, but I haven't used it in years, and I certainly haven't talked about Godzilla on it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, where is Robert most active? The Facebook. That's right. The next one here. Really hard not to please me as a Godzilla fan. Just lucky. Uh, just give me wacky stuff like this. Night or day. Who cares? Aaron. 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 That is an Aaron tweet, yes. <laughs> the next one here. Keep me to it. <laughs> there are things that I think the 2005 movie does better than the original, such as Anne Darrow and her relationship with Kong. But the 1933 film is still superior. Alex. Alex. That is Alex. That is an Alex tweet, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I tweeted that recently. <laughs> oh, I, I was trying to do the recent ones, but... I, I know I didn't say that because I don't agree. <laughs> I, I like them the same. <laughs> so. How dare you? The next one here. I think it makes more sense that New York isn't a King Kong state. Every time he shows up at NYC, they want him out. Aaron. Aaron. Is it me? That is not an Aaron tweet. Uh, no. okay. I'll repeat it here. I think it makes more sense that New York isn't a King Kong state. Every time he shows up at NYC, they want him out. Mark. Mark. It's the shot in the dark hair, but Robert? That is not Robert, no. There's only one left. There's there's two left. Two, yeah, there's two people left. Alex. Alex. Alexander? That is an Alexander tweet, yes. The next one here. Shout out to Barnes & Noble for bringing their Criterion sale the same week the Godzilla Showa era collection comes out. Aaron. Mark. Aaron. God, that could be... I'm Could be a say, lot of people. I'm going to say Mark. That is a Mark tweet. Yes. Ah, yes. <laughs> I knew, yep, I knew that. Because <laughs> I was like, is that me? <laughs> I thought it was me also. Aaron Aaron actually saw me smiling out of the Barnes & Noble after one of our screens. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next one here. There's, some funny, uh, there's something funny about the unexpected number of monster movies Kyle Chandler has starred in. 
Maybe it's his matter-of-fact delivery of dialogue in these extreme and very silly situations. Aaron. Anybody? Aaron. Is it me? That is an Aaron tweet, yes. <laughs> you went on to hashtag, like, four other things. Godzilla <laughs> Super 8 King Kong the day the Earth stood still in Manchester by the sea. Yeah, yes, that was the joke. <laughs> he was in the day the Earth stood still? You damn right he is. Oh. Uh, the wow. next one here. The 1976 King Kong movie is a perfect example of why nobody should ever remake a classic. Jessica Lange hasn't learned how to act yet, and she isn't asked to do much more than uh, eye candy. Jeff Bridges is sleepwalking through the part. Charles Grodin is badly overacting, and Kong can't decide if he's a guy in a gorilla suit or a clumsy robot. Mark. Mark. Robert. That is that is a Robert Facebook poll, yes. <laughs> Just from the length of it, I was like, that has to be Robert. I, said, I was trying to find the first period there. <laughs> oh, sure. You couldn't say it was my fab- fabulous critical perception that pulled you into it. Well, that too. It was. It was Robert's it fabulous is. critical perception. Yeah, that too. I thought... <laughs> I thought I was the only one that remembers that movie. <laughs> oh, no, I saw, I saw it um, recently, and yeah, that all that's pretty on point. Yeah, pretty much. Thank God Jessica Lange uh, went on to be a better actress. <laughs> oh, God, yes. It's very much a movie produced by Dino De Laurentiis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next one here. How many more of these are there? <laughs> a few, just a few. <laughs> Next one here. I mean, who looks at Godzilla versus King Kong and says, I just hope they take it seriously? Aaron. Aaron. That's Aaron. That's me. That's an Aaron. (laughs) Couple more. Couple more. With Legendary taking the reins at Jurassic World, I wonder how long it'll be before King Kong, Godzilla, and Jurassic Park cross over. Mark. Alex. Uh, Is that a Mark tweet? That is a Mark tweet, yes. Damn. And the last one here. uh, At Simon Pegg. I want to see a sequel where you team up with Scott Pilgrim to fight Godzilla and Godzuki. <laughs> Mark. Mark. Is that an Aaron tweet? That is not an Aaron That's tweet. That's not me. Yeah. Oh. I don't bring up Godzuki. <laughs> no, no self-respecting Godzilla fan would bring up Godzuki. <laughs> but that being said, Alexander. Alexander. Is that Abe? That is not an Abe tweet, no. <laughs> Thank you for bringing me in the mix, though. <laughs> Mark I don't even know what a Godzuki is. I don't know what it is either. Wait, so Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. So it's a Mark tweet then? It is not a Mark tweet. No, no I know that for sure. Robert, do you have a guess? Uh, I don't know. Have we said, haven't we said everybody already? Except for Robert. It's not me. It's not a Robert <laughs> tweet either. It is Edgar Wright. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was like from 2013 or something when he tweeted that. <laughs> Huh. Wow, okay, now now that Edgar Wright said it, I kind of want to see that movie. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim versus all these guys? Yeah, maybe. Might be worth it. Scott Pilgrim versus the Hollow Earth. <laughs> <laughs> well, the winner of that game for Did I Tweet That is Aaron with five, Alexander close second with four, Mark with two. Robert, thank you for, for joining. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, the last game here, very quickly, just two questions here. This is a, a, a fast-trigger game. Uh, how many films are there in the Godzilla universe, Toho and American films? Aaron. Aaron. 36? That is correct. Yeah, 36. Uh, the next one here. How many films are in the King Kong series? Alexander. <laughs> Alexander. Uh, nine. And I know this because we had a conversation about yeah, we it. We just played this game. Just, you just did it? Oh, okay. All right. Well, if you guys say nine, then great. I counted 12 on Wikipedia, but yes, nine. 12? 
I oh I think is Mighty Kong one of the movies you counted? They did count the Mighty Kong. Yes. Okay, I'm thinking theatrically released. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay, so you're probably right with nine. I guess. But with all that being said, that was uh, that was games this week. Well, thank you, Abe. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for these games. I'm I'm glad you're able to speak up a bit after saying so silent for the rest of the episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was you know listening, crunching numbers in the background, but uh, I'll, I'll give my thoughts maybe next week. But you know, it's a fun rump. Uh, all right. Well, th- well, thanks for joining in. Indeed. Well, thanks, guys, and I will talk to you guys again later. Cool. Bye. Bye now. Nice. Bye. Bye. Well, that was our Abe. We Abe <laughs> joined in. Just lurking in the background. Got in a game and got out of there. Um, but that said, guys, I have another game for you. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. This one is called Who Dat Kaiju. Uh, where I'm going to describe a kaiju to you featured in a Godzilla film, and you have to just name me, me which 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 uh which monster I'm referring to. If you feel you know the answer, yell out your name and the answer. All right. Pretty straightforward. Do this. Here we go. First one has appeared in 14 Toho films. Has an emo cousin, known as the Queen of the Monsters. Alexander. Mark. Alexander. Mothra. Mothra is the correct answer. On the board. Here's the next one. And feel free to jump out whenever you feel you know the answer, by the way. I don't have to read the whole thing. Has appeared in 11 Toho films. Name is similar to an element. Sometimes an enemy, or sometimes a helper to Godzilla. Also known as the Fire Demon. Robert. Robert. That's Rodan. Rodan is the correct answer. And you're on the board. Finally, I do something worth <laughs> useful. <laughs> Here's the next one. Three Toho films. Lives near an island full of terrorists. Name means shrimp. Alexander. Alexander. Abira. Abira is the correct answer. Big old crab monster. All right. Next one. Two Toho films. Has vertically tilted eyes that resemble genitalia. A shapeshifter. And a pollutant monster. Robert. Robert. Uh, that well, the one I I know him by the smog monster. That's fair. I can accept that answer. Do you do you know his other name by chance? I want to say Biolante, but I don't know. No, that's not right. But I, I'll give you smog monster. But Alex, I see or Marky, I assume one of you know the answer. Hedora. Hedora is the. Oh, that's right. The proper that's Japanese right. name. But yes, Godzilla versus the Smog Monster was the American title for that film. And that's the last Godzilla film I saw in the theater as a child. Oh, what a what a trippy one that would have been to see in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I want to see that in the theater at some point. Mm-hmm. There's the next one. Seven Toho films. Quite fast, despite its bulkiness. Spiky back. Godzilla's Mark. first. Yeah, Mark. Manila. Mm-hmm. Not Manila. Alexander. Alexander. Angiris. Angiris, yes. Godzilla's first opponent was the last thing I was going to put in there. Jump the trigger too quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the next one. Two Toho films. An agile martial artist can absorb energy with its eye. Known as the Stone Lion God. Mark. Mark. Jaguar? Incorrect. Alexander. Alexander. King Caesar. King Caesar. The correct answer. Godzilla's teammate in fighting Mechagodzilla. Jet Jaguar, quite agile. You're not wrong. <laughs> and awesome. <laughs> and awesome. All right, next one. Three Toho films. 
hooked hands, circular saw and abdomen, a cyborg. Alexander. Alexander. Gigan. Gigan is the correct answer. Running away with this. <laughs> yeah. Here's the next one. I, I wouldn't have much of a life if I didn't know all this stuff. <laughs> five, I just gotta get one. Five Toho films has a venom stinger in its mouth, can jump and spit canvas nets. It's based on a jumping spider. Wait, how many movies? It's got five. Five. That's incorrect, actually. I know the monster, but that's not that's not true. You know how stock vintage works. <laughs> Throw it in. There. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> if we're go- if we're going through that route, okay, uh, Alexander. Yeah. Kumanga. Kuma. I like how you're taking the number of films part seriously. Like. Just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. One film can fly, burrow, and swim. Worshipped by the Cetopians. It's a giant beetle. Alright, if no one else is going to shout out Alexander. Yeah. Megalon. It would be Megalon. That is correct. Alright. Oh my gosh, shut out. In the realm of Hudat Kaiju. (laughs) Hey, I I was trying to give you a shot, Mark. (laughs) That one I I did not know. I tried to throw you a bone with that last one. Be like, okay, he's not going to take it. Yeah, I appreciate it, but that one, that entire description, yeah, that is just completely lost on me. Well, Mark, you didn't place on the board this time around, but you placed on the board in the first game, so that means you do get to come back eventually. Um, yes. <laughs> but well, I'm just offended. You didn't include the son of Godzilla. I Yeah. <laughs> I, I said Manila. I, I, thought, I had know, to cut it off somewhere. It's not like there's not plenty of villains to go and, and other kaiju to go through in this thing. Um, I get the feeling there are Godzilla movies I haven't seen because I thought I'd seen all of the ones from the 60s and 70s, but apparently I haven't. I mean, not oh, everyone. A lot. I understand that people are watching a bunch of movies and you're not exactly going to remember, you know, again, right off the top of your head all the time. It's up there. And yeah, there's 15 movies from the from the show air, so that's a, that's a lot to keep track of. But uh, with that said, Alexander, you ran away with it this round. Uh, so congratulations. Thank you. All right. Well, that was games. And now we're going to move on here. We're going to get to our uh, out now feedback, 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 feedback. We're going to go over some of the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, <laughs> facebook.com slash out now podcast, where we asked a number of questions to the listeners and they gave us answers and they gave us some questions that we can answer. Uh, so Alex, Robert, Mark, feel free to jump in with any answers you might have to these questions about to go through here. But um, first one is, what are some great movie showdowns between iconic characters? Chris writes Ripley and Alien Queen, or as Abe calls it, Queen Alien. Irene has Rocky versus Drago in Rocky Four, and Jim Dietz has friend friend of the show Jim Dietz has Doc Holliday and Johnny Ringo. What's some other great movie showdowns between iconic characters? Hmm. Uh, I, I'm t- gonna pu- I'm gonna pull another example from Rocky. Uh, Rocky versus um, Clubber Lang. Mm-hmm. Like I. I honestly prefer that fight over and that showdown over um, Rocky versus Ivan Drago. I would go even similarly, but Apollo Creed. Well, I'll go classic films. Uh, the Quiet Man, John Wayne versus uh, uh, Victor McLaughlin at the end of The Quiet Man. That's a good one. All righty. Uh, uh, huh? I, do, I do have one more. Yeah. 
Um, as a Marvel fan, the Holy Trinity, you know, of Marvel, like Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor versus Thanos at the end of Endgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that one. It's awesome. And also, the classic Frankenstein versus the Wolfman from the 1940s. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a soft spot for, for Freddy versus Jason as well. I mean, That's they, some cheesy good fun. I mean, there's also, there's, of course, two like two icons not just a cinema, but I think of the universe in general. The War of the Gargantuas. I mean, those two. Yeah. <laughs> Frankenstein's monsters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone knows what a gargantua is, of course. So. <laughs> All right. Next question we have. What are some showdowns between iconic movie characters that you'd like to see? Tyler writes, wish they continued with the horror mashups after Freddy vs. Jason. I always remember getting hyped up when I saw posters and realizing they were fan-made. Still waiting for Freddy vs. Jason vs. Michael. Adam Jens, your friend of the show, writes, I'm all about that Mua v. Newworth fight. You know it's coming. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> he wants us to fight. <laughs> Any showdowns you'd like to see in movies? Uh, I'm going to go with probably a very thematic one for this show, but um, Godzilla versus Gamera. Oh, that's a good one. Like, I, think, I think it's high time Gamera got his due, especially since legendary pretty much ripped off plot points from the Heisei trilogy for their movies. I did notice that in recently watching these Gamera movies. It's like, oh yeah, they really pulled some moves here. There's only so much you can do, I think, with these gotcha movies, but I get it. Yeah. Well, if we're going to play What If, I'd love to see them do a a Human Torch versus Submariner, the old 1940s versions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They just pulled that one out. What if that did happen? Because, you know, we haven't seen seen them yet. Maybe they, you know, set it back in time and... I'm sure well, actually, my favorite, uh, if I was going to do a Marvel Cinematic Universe, when Captain America goes back in time, he's back, he can go back to the beginning of World War II, have him join up with the Human Torch and Submariner after they have their fight, and let's do the Invaders. Mm-hmm. That's a movie right there. It yep. is. It'd be awesome. I would love to see Power Rangers versus Voltron. Okay. <laughs> that would be cool. I'm just going to th- throw, some, throw some gunslingers out there. We'll get John Wayne versus uh, Dirty Harry versus John Wick. Let's just to see where that goes. That would be an interesting uh, showdown. <laughs> <laughs> just put, just put, them in a, put them in an area, see what they do. Although, although I think at the end of the day, it might be, um, here's how John Wick is going to kill these guys in a creative fashion. As long yeah, as if they much. if they have their distance, I don't know. Like if they true. <laughs> I mean, he killed a guy with a book, so yeah. But he has to get up close. You think Dirty Harry's gonna let John Wick go up into his personal bubble? That is true. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. Next question we have here: Who are the underdogs in major battles you never gave up hope on? I got quite the answers here for this one. Jeff Jeff writes Macaulay Culkin and My Girl. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Against the bees. Uh-huh, that's the gift that he shows. <laughs> Oh, damn, that is cold. And Luke Thompson, friend of the show, has Tommy Wiseau in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Who are the underdogs in major battles you never gave up hope on? Uh, It's not exactly movies, but um, any uh, 90s kid will probably know this. Uh, The Eds versus the Kanker Sisters from Ed and Eddie. All right. I'm the only one. (laughs) Uh, I did not watch Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh, I'm, I'm sure somebody listening to this will go, hell yeah. I, I know what this show is. I didn't watch it, but I, I'm aware yeah. of it. So. Yeah, same here. I mean, 
Well, I did mention this earlier, but the Toon Squad versus, you know, the Monstars. Yeah. Right there. Mm-hmm. How's they like John McClane? And you ever want to see him give up on anything? Robert, any underdogs? Oh, I'd like to see Daffy Duck take down Bugs Bunny just once. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, amen to that. Amen. Yeah, that duck goes through so much. Yep. That's on the... Pronoun trouble. So that question's on the Kong side of things. On the Godzilla side, who are the cinematic kings you are always rooting for? We didn't get any answers, actually, for this one. If you guys have any, any thoughts on this. Kings, Black Panther. There you go. King Kong. Uh huh. Godzilla. Fairly straightforward, but yes, these are all, these are all good answers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There's the only um, the only king that wasn't named that I could think of off the top of my head. I'm just trying to think well, of kings that are like not like corrupt. <laughs> like it seems like that's a big part of like kings and movies. Where it's like we want to get rid of Aragorn. There you go. Hey. The one true that's king. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, King Arthur. There you go. Yeah. yeah. In the glory years. Exactly. Not uh, recently, as in the last four years. Well, let's let's be clear. There has really never been a great King Arthur movie. Excalibur is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. it sucks. Excalibur. No, oh, Excalibur is a fun movie. Such a stupid movie. My God, is it a stupid movie? <laughs> You're in eighty one too, so you've seen it recently. <laughs> I do like oh. the Sword in the Stone, the Disney one, actually for King Arthur as a boy works pretty well. Uh, Mark, do you have something? No, you, if, you, if you've ever watched The Lion in Winter, and there is another king for you, King Henry II. Yeah. But if you've ever watched The Lion in Winter, the actor that plays Prince John is the one that gets cast as King Arthur in Excalibur. And I cannot watch that movie without thinking of how <laughs> remarkably stupid he looks. <laughs> hmm. It's just bad casting. Plus, for God's sakes, armor doesn't look like that. <laughs> I mean, Sorry. speaking but of Merlin Lion. Merlin is great. Merlin's speaking great. of Lion and Disney, Mufasa. Oh, oh there you go. Course. There you go. Yeah. Or Actually, King Triton. Wait, there is, there's another whole, there is a whole King Arthur film that's absolutely fantastic. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, uh, and, yes. Until you get to the end, which is stupid. But yes, that's one of my favorite movies. Well, there you go. Don't be poo-pooing your favorite movies here. Just... <laughs> hey, if I don't criticize them, who will? That's true. The the Life of Brian for Life fans, that's who. Um, <laughs> See, now, Life of Brian, perfect film. It's more consistent, but I still prefer Grail's Anarchy. Um, but I like uh, I like how Life of Brian feels like a movie where everyone had a good time. Where Holy Grail, I know everyone had a terrible time making that movie. That's true. <laughs> Life of Brian, they feel like we. It feels like everyone's at the top of their game in that. If you like, that's the the comparison I've had for recent things. It's like that's the Talladega Nights to Anchorman, where it's like Talladega Nights feels like it's polished, but Anchorman just feels like anarchy. Like it just and it still like works in in its own. Yeah. Way. Uh, regardless. No, I don't think there's any question. Holy Grail's funnier than Life of Brian. I I would agree. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next, let me get on this. Kings. <laughs> Next, what are some great films about returning to your homeland? Aragorn, oh. Return of the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Robert just said it. Kong and Kong versus Godzilla going back to Hollow Earth. Oh, Simba. The Lion King. <laughs> there you go. These are really applicable <laughs> ones here, guys. <laughs> uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. How about... I'm kind of in the mindset of, um, yeah, there's a reason I left. 
<laughs> well, Lon Chaney and the Wolfman, he's coming back to England for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. How about Gene Wilder and Young Frankenstein? He's returning to his roots. You Perfect. mean Young Frankenstein? Sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm as upset as you are that I mispronounced that. <laughs> Believe me. All right, last question here. What are some great films featuring unique bonds between characters, similar to the 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 young deaf girl and Kong and uh, Godzilla vs Kong? Captain America and Bucky Barnes. Yeah, I was going to say the Avengers. Unique bonds. Yeah, just that whole cast of different uh personalities coming together. I would say the uh I would say Gamera Guardian of the Universe. Friend to children of friend to, friend to all children. Yeah, I get it. I'm not not even talking about those old movies. I'm talking about the the uh, 90s ones. Yeah. <laughs> but, but even that yeah, we'll, if we will It reduces the, the children future. part, but yeah, it's still... Yeah. Humphrey Bogart and Claude Rains and Casablanca. Beautiful friendship it starts right there at the end. Yep. Get that that sequel he never he never got. Uh, Thank God. We're all asking. Tons for. of ripoffs, but uh, no sequel. Um, how about um, what about? How about, hold on, how about how about every um, every human Disney character that has an animal friend that either talks to them or interacts with them in some human way? Yeah, very very much so. <laughs> some unique bonds. Like Ariel's just well, she's a mermaid, but just cruising around. It's like I have a friend that's a crab. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Pocahontas with the raccoon. Uh huh. Quasimodo and Jason Alexander. <laughs> Uh, what about uh Tron and Flynn? There you go. Yeah, he fights for the users. That Tron. Mm-hmm. Just like Kong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, and boy, uh, did they use him. Yeah. Yep. All right. We uh we got a question here from Jim Dees, friend of the show. He asks, "Who is your favorite kaiju who has never met Godzilla?" Gamera. I was just gonna say Gamera as well. Yeah. The uh, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Ah, oh, that's a good one. Uh, that is a great one. What What would happen? <laughs> I, I, Do you think he'd I get creamed? Oh, <laughs> I'll leave. <laughs> I, I I actually could see uh, Gamma versus Stay Puft Marshmallow Man working. Yeah. 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 Man, that's that's hard. Well, how about this? How about the aforementioned Frankenstein versus Godzilla? We finally see it happen. <laughs> yeah. There you go. What if that was the next? What if Legendary announced tomorrow? Like, guys, look, we made a ton of money this week on a Godzilla versus Kong. Guess what we're doing next? What are you gonna do? Destroy all monsters? <laughs> no. Better. We got the rights to Frankenstein. <laughs> 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 we're gonna make a huge one. It's good. It, De Niro's coming back for whatever reason. He's gonna play a big Frankenstein. He's gonna fight Godzilla. It, it'll be the only time a um, multi-million dollar remake of a Universal monster actually is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna restore. It's gonna continue the monsterverse and restore the dark universe. That's what's gonna be the key there. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's something that never needs to be resurrected. Agreed. All right. Well, Although it did give us one of the most amusing and hilarious cast photos ever. It they are all they're all set to go in their separate green screened in appearances in that photo. Um, <laughs> all right. That that was feedback. 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 Thank you all for the feedback, and thank you guys for some terrific answers that we got in. Um, Welcome. But with with all that said, that is going to do it uh, for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Uh, you can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodingzeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I'm also writing reviews at wheelentertainment.com and 
and on uh, Blu-ray reviews at wisely.com and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Let's go down the row here. Mark Paces, where can people find more of you online? Uh, you can find me at nerdreactor.com. Uh, my Twitter handle is at pacmannr 7 And it's the same thing for my Instagram as well. Alexander Robinson, where can people find more of you online? You can find me at youtube.com forward slash the real Mr. Robinson, Twitter at real Mr. underscore Robinson, Instagram, the real Mr. Robinson, and Twitch, real Mr. Robinson. It's almost like you do that sometimes, uh, as far as how cleanly you say it all those things. <laughs> oh, I, I make a habit out of it. <laughs> Robert James, where can people find more of you? Well, my uh, first four books are on Amazon.com, Robert James, Who Won, and A Reverent Look at the Oscars, where I basically go through and rethink and revisit and revise how the Oscars should have gone year by year by year. And uh, those are very entertaining books. I've, I've gone through two of those volumes, I think, and... Um... I'm always always entertained by your by your thoughts on things, no matter how much I disagree with some of them. <laughs> but, um, That's the point. You're supposed to disagree with some of them. But they're certainly a lot of fun. Speaking of fun, it has been fun talking to you guys. Thank you, Robert, Mark, and Alexander, for joining me for this Godzilla vs. Kong podcast. Thank you for Thank having you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Glad to have you guys all here. Hope we all had fun. I hope the listeners enjoyed as well. And that is going to do it this week. So until next time, so long and goodbye. Cross over the river, beyond every cloud, she's past the winds that's blowing loud, over the mountains a girl waits for me. I hope it's a really elaborate intro since you're not on this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> this week, I'm out now with Aaron and Abe. We're talking Godzilla versus Kong. Let me get my sea ticket and also my plane ticket and my core Earth ticket. You were so close. Hollow Earth. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it again. Core Earth? Hollow Ho- Earth. Hollow Earth. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay.